Big 8. 820 WWBA. The Big 8. Here we go. It's time to talk sports. It's real and it's fantastic. This is the J.P. Peterson Show. I like your stories and your reporting. Great show. We need uh, people that give it to you straight. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. That's kind of your calling card, Mr. Peterson. This is the J.P. Peterson Show, presented by FanStream Sports. Now, here's award-winning sports journalist, J.P. Brady goes for the deep shot. He's got a touchdown! Scotty Miller! That'll be the one that I remember. I don't know about you guys, but that uh, is a play that will certainly go down in Buccaneers history. Welcome to the program, the J.P. Peterson Show. Thank you so much for joining us, no matter how you're listening to us at 98.3 FM in Pinellas, 96.7 in Tampa, 820 all over the Tampa Bay area, and on FanStreamSports.com. And we are freaking primed and ready for two weeks of Super Bowl hype. Build up crazy, crazy stuff. We, uh, <laughs> this is, it's crazy that how 2020 has brought us some of the most amazing sports memories that we will never, ever forget. And it just rolls on in to 2021 as the Bucks complete what has been an absolute roller coaster, but fairy tale ride to the Super Bowl that will be played in their own stadium. I like folks. I, Back in January. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, brother. Yeah, me too, man. I feel really, really good. Uh, Producer Tony is here. Johnny will be taking your phone calls at 727-518-0820. Johnny's a little salty today, though. He's a little salty, but it's fine. I think he's fine, though. He'll be all right. Um, But this was, um, uh, and we said this last week, and I'll reiterate it again, this was a pure Buccaneers team win. Now look, Brady is going to get all the accolades, and and honestly, deservedly so. But these last few games have not just been about Brady. It has been about a very, very plucky and fierce defense that has played with ferocity, one of my new favorite words, physicality. We said that going in. Um, it, it was like watching a very, very uh, well-oiled, well-practiced, highly motivated symphony do their thing and they hit all the right notes well i shouldn't say that there were a few sour notes in there yeah three picks from brady but they came back and made up for him i mean time and time again this defense picked up brady and we'll get into a lot of it we got a great show for you today i want to get to a little show tease here for you charles davis from cbs sports is going to join us Um, i worked with charles back in 07 and 08 when he was doing the buccaneers pre-game show uh preseason game so and of course he lives over in orlando knows the bucks extremely well has done a bunch of their games so we'll chat with charles davis shane stafford our quarterback guru will join us at 3 30 to break down some of the key plays jack bourgeois from blitzalytics always great anal- uh, analysis from him uh, our good friend barry smith former buccaneer former seminole all-american former first round pick of the packers he was at the game yesterday at lambeau field a place where he played many football games and he went with his son, uh, Andrew, which was a really, really cool uh, a story. So we're going to delve into that with Barry and his son. What a great father and son uh, moment that was for 
for Barry and and Andrew. Uh, James Brown from CBS Sports is going to join us. He will, of course, be hosting his 10th Super Bowl for CBS Sports as they roll into town. Um, The trucks are already here. Uh, The whole crew will be here next week. And I recorded this conversation earlier today, and it's absolutely so fun and so fascinating to have James on the on the show. He has great things and interesting things to say about Brady and Bruce Arians, especially. Um, so look forward to that. At five o'clock, we're going to replay, replay that. Uh, Bruce Gradkowski, as usual, will join us at five fifteen, and of course, your phone call. That's a show. That's a Super Bowl show right there. Well, just take a breath, real quick. And we're not going to stop. It's going to be two weeks and nothing but a list guests. Uh, former Buccaneers, we're going to get a bunch of them on to relive the Super Bowl um, uh, of 2002 and look ahead to this one. It's going to be such a fun ride the next two weeks. I really hope you guys, uh, from 3 to 6 every day, join us, uh, hit the podcast, hit all the interviews. I think you're going to have a good time. But let's get down to business for what we saw yesterday. Tampa Bay! That was... Um, from the very beginning, obviously, when the Bucks uh, came out strong, uh, get an early lead, that was going to be huge. Uh, the play to Mike Evans from, Tom, from, uh, from Brady, a beautiful, beautiful design of that play. A great throw by Brady. Evans makes the play. And, and I thought it was crucial to get off to a, a really good start. And we talked about this all last week, the uh, reemergence or the, uh, uh, the, the comeback of Vita Vea. And what that meant for this team. And I thought it was a- as big a factor in this game as just about anything. You could, there were, <laughs> there were times, the, the folks I was watching with, you, the, some of them weren't the most savvy of football fans. I said, you want to see something fun? Don't always watch the ball. Watch that number 50 right here and what he does to the center. And on that particular play, he literally, <laughs> he literally just steamrolled and pancaked him. On the way to Rodgers. That's just, all pro Lindsay too. I know. He just put him right on his back, like so easy, like he was just a man with a little boy just knocking him over and heading for the quarterback. It was it was hilarious to watch. But why do you think Shaq and JPP had such big days? We huh. said we said it, we said it all week long. This is that guy demands a double team. They didn't see him in the first game. It was gonna be something different. And boy, did they get after him. Yeah, Shaq Barrett, or should we say Sack Barrett, three sacks. JPP, two sacks. Vita Vea, priceless. This yeah. is great. This I mean, is just it's, awesome defense. It's such a, such a great, and they did a great job uh, against the run as well, as we knew they would. And this is why we said last week we were so confident that the Bucks were going to win this game, because it was a great matchup for them. Now, when Antoine Winfield was a, was a no-go. A little nervous. I was a little nervous. A little I was nervous. nervous. But look how Jordan Whitehead steps up with a big cause fumble. Yeah. Look how uh, Mike Edwards played a phenomenal football game. Um, hey, these guys weren't perfect, but you're you're going up against, uh, you know, what I think is the most talented quarterback in the game, in Aaron Rodgers. But let me say something about Rodgers and Brady. And it, it was interesting. I was texting back and forth from with uh, Sal Palantonio, who's gonna who was up there, of course, and, and covered the game. He's going to join us tomorrow as our cavalcade of stars will continue. And you know he. he we were talking a little bit about the difference between Rodgers and Brady. And in summary, Brady is so much more of a you know, a guy that makes everybody around him better, but not not just from a, a, a X's and O's standpoint, but from a you know a, a culture standpoint. You know, the accountability, the culture 
uh, that that Brady brings with him, and that Arians already started to create last year, and and Brady kind of was the was the icing on the cake when it comes to that. But Brady is is a guy that's constantly about the team. Do you guys get a sense of this? Where Rodgers seems a little bit more about about him. You know, it's about his situation after the game. It's about, you know, and even when he's on the field, his body language to me, especially when they're down, is very negative. Whereas Brady is very inspirational. And he seems like a guy that, you know, he's that rising tide that lifts all boats. Whereas Rodgers is just kind of a guy that he wows you all the time. He's phenomenal. He's just talented. But to me, in that difference right there is the difference between winning six Super Bowls and winning one Super Bowl. Yeah, now the the people that say Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady can be put to rest. Finally, well, I mean, it, I think it depends on what you're talking about. Who's the better athlete? Who who's the more who's the guy that can wow you with more arm talent? It's it's Rodgers. But being a quarterback is so much After more yesterday, than yesterday. I don't know. Tom was dropping some dimes. He was, he was. But I think we can all agree that that, uh, <laughs> that from a pure athletic talent and arm talent standpoint, Rodgers is maybe the best that's ever played the game. But that's not what winning championships is all about. It's being a leader that guys are going to run through that, that, that wall for you. Being able to, to help your other teammates in so many ways. And not that Rodgers doesn't do this at all. Brady just takes it to another level. He just takes it to another level. And I think that's why his teams consistently win. It's not just about the offense. It's not just about him. It's just it's about the entire team and accountability. And I think we've seen that. That has been the thing that put this team over the top. Um, so many big plays yesterday that we can talk about and so many big reasons. I mean, you talk about the fourth down call by Matt LaFleur. I, I, I felt that was a moment that I think the Bucks felt like when they went for the field goal, how the Dodgers felt when Kevin Cash pulled Blake Snell. When the other team is happy about the decision you make, you effed up. And Matt LaFleur will, I think, rue the day and rue that decision for the rest of his career. And it's it's. I saw somewhere, they I think they even put it up during the game, that from an analytic standpoint, they had a 10.5% chance to win the game if you kick the field goal and a, a, maybe a 9.5% chance to win the game if you go for it in that situation. But here's the problem with analytics. Analytics is a, is a coagulation of a lot of different data points. And a lot of them are how many times does a team on fourth and eight score a touchdown? How many times does that happen? So it's a collective of, of all these data points. But the where it falls down here is those are a lot of crappy and average quarterbacks that are involved in that data point. They're not Aaron Rodgers. And what you've seen in, the, in, the, in those three plays previous – he had opportunities to score and did not. I mean, he had a chance to run that ball in on third down and tried to stick it into double coverage. That was a little bizarre, to be quite honest. And he had that he had that running lane. But I think in that but, but in that particular situation, you got to you you have got to trust your 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 guy. You got to trust your offense, you got to trust Aaron Rodgers. You and the idea that you got to you're going to have to get a stop anyway, right? You are. So, if you get a stop, then you have a chance to come back down and score a touchdown at two point again. It wasn't like you wouldn't have that opportunity again. So, I I think that was a major major f up on on his part. As as was almost for the Buccaneers right before the half. 
Yeah. When uh, and let's credit Bruce Bruce when they got the sack uh, before uh, Sean Murphy Bunning's um, interception, they get a sack and with about 33 seconds left, and the Bucks call timeout. They had three of them left, and in previous uh, times this year, they didn't do that. Remember against Mahomes, they had a chance to do it, but but uh, but Bruce said, "No, nah, I don't want to put Mahomes back out there." I get it, but this was a, he was aggressive, and he was very aggressive, and he counted on his defense. They came up with a play, and that and that leads to him putting his punt team on at the Packers forty-five. And I'm like, "What the hell are you doing?" A timeout is called, and he rethinks it because he's got Brady. And they score the touchdown to Scotty Miller, which really I think was the biggest turnaround in the game. But no question, this was all about a team win. And uh, after the game, Brady was asked about that that situation and the the the, the entire evolution of this team, uh, culminating in this trip to the Super Bowl. Well, it's been a great journey thus far, and um, you know we put the work in, and a lot of guys were um, just embraced everything that you know. You know, really, when Coach when Bia got here last year, you know, there was a lot of great things that were happening and a lot of great young players. And, um, you know, I just loved, you know, made the decision and, um, you know, love coming to work every day with this group of guys. And they worked really hard to get to this point. And um, it's a tough game. We've had a few tough games in a row. And um, the next one will be really tough, too. But we know what we're playing for. And uh, we got two weeks to prepare. It's going to be a great opponent. And uh, be really exciting a couple weeks for us. That's for damn sure. It's going to be two very exciting weeks for for Buccaneers fans. And uh, tickets only going for twenty four thousand dollars. So get them if, all they're here. Wait, <laughs> if you want to get in uh, to watch your Buccaneers, uh, there you go. Twenty four grand. Um, I think it's probably going to cost you about fifty thousand for two good seats down low. That's <laughs> that's insane. I don't think I'll be partaking in that. Actually, I heard it's more, but is it more than fifty thousand? I heard like club level two, like where the box seats and stuff are. It's like fifty, sixty grand. I heard some of these. Uh, we got press passes. To we got press passes. <laughs> we got press passes to the celebrity shootout Saturday night at Top Golf. There you go. <laughs> but uh, you won't be getting press passes to the game. I don't even know if I'm getting a credential. And I've been covering this team for what twenty, twenty-two years. We need seniority. Um, well, we shall see. We shall see. But um, this is about the box and. Um, what what a ride it has been with Tom Brady, and it's everything he thought it would be, and it's everything I, I thought it I could be, and they brought it to fruition, which is uh, just an amazing job. All right, quick break. When we come back, Charles Davis from CBS Sports will join us. He's done a couple of Bucks games this year, has a great feel for this football team, so we'll chat with him. Um, coming up later, James Brown from CBS is going to join us. Bruce Gradkowski, Barry Smith will join us. Huge show. Shane Stafford, stay with us. Thank God you're back. Now, back to the show. More sports with JP. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show. We got so many great guests lined up for the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, James Brown is going to join us a little bit later on. Uh, five o'clock today, Bruce Gradkowski as well. And uh, our next guest, one of my favorite people on this entire planet, I had a chance to work with him uh, back in 07 and 08 when he was calling the Bucks games, Charles Davis of CBS Sports Now. What's up, Charles? How are you, buddy? 
And we had a lot of fun during that time, didn't we? We that did. Was, that was a good time. <laughs> we did indeed. That was well, that was the like the end of the Gruden era, right? They, they went yeah. to the playoffs. The last time we went yep. to the playoffs, right? It was that was a good exactly. football team. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Fun time. A much different football team, what we're dealing with here, uh, this Buccaneers team. And, you know, kind of my monologue today, Charles, was we love Brady, and so much of this is about him, but these last couple of wins especially have been team wins. Um, Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad that you actually brought that up and made (laughs) sure that that it was illuminated. Because, look, Tom Brady deserves every bit of credit and accolade that, that that he is receiving. Kudos should be getting them because he's a huge reason why this all went down. But he didn't have his best game on Sunday, okay? Three interceptions, not all his fault, but still three interceptions. Mm -hmm. But that defense didn't let Aaron Rodgers Mm -hmm. take over. That defense didn't let Aaron Rodgers decimate them on the turnovers. They stuffed, you know, their opportunities to score because Mm -hmm. what Green Bay get? What, one touchdown off of three turnovers? I think, yeah, six points total. Six points, right? Six points total, or was it two fields? Whatever it was. It was really impressive, them coming together, getting that done, Todd Bowles' unit on the defensive side, and not panicking, not getting frustrated, none of that happening. But, you know, to watch Leonard Fournette blossom here in the playoffs to be the guy who was the number four pick in the draft at one point, Ronald Jones battling through a thigh injury Mm -hmm. and still ripping off big runs, Um, you know, Chris Godwin battling a little bit of the, you know, a little bit of case of the drops. Which yeah. isn't normal for him. I know. But I think we also have to not underestimate. Isn't he a guy who went through some hand issues this year? Yeah, yeah, broken finger. Play, yeah. Right? He tried to play through so many things. He's as tough as, as leather out there. And just finding who's going to be that guy each and every week that'll jump up. Gronk doesn't get his number called into what? Fourth quarter yesterday? Yeah. They hit yeah. him with that pass. And all of a sudden he's running like he's five years younger. <laughs> everybody's making a contribution, and I just love the offensive line. I mean, obviously, Ryan Jensen is the great symbol of it in the face, and if WrestleMania does finally break out (laughs) after the Super Bowl, he will be in the main event. But that's a really good offensive line with Marpet, Stinney doing yeoman's duty in their guard, having to step in. And, of course, Wirfs has been more more than what they drafted, and Donovan Smith has really elevated his game down the stretch. You know, you mentioned Donovan, and I think he is kind of proof positive of the what I call the Brady effect. You know how he just—he's that rising tide that lifts all the boats. And Don, and I said, you know, early on, I'm like, is he going to be able to handle what's coming at him? Because Brady, you know, Jameis and Donovan were great friends, and I don't know if Jameis yep. ever held him accountable like needed to to be done. But you knew Brady was going to do it, and and I'll I take my hat off to to. Uh, to Donovan, he has really played his ass off this year, and it's just been tremendous. And he has answered the bell every single time, and I think Brady has helped him in that regard. As I would agree with that. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that, and I think that he was playing to that level before it got noticed. Right. Yeah. You know, look, I think this whole team, the seven and five open week, is kind of the line of demarcation for the entire team, right? Yeah. And when you put it all together, you start backtracing. But I think that Donovan had stepped his game up, stepped up his consistency, which I think was the biggest word for him throughout his career. And when you get to the playoffs and he did what he did against New Orleans, now the whole world sees it. Because that's where they had the issues in the regular season, right? That's where the breakdowns were. That's where Tom Brady was harassed, didn't have the time, et cetera. 
and now all of a sudden he's handling one side. Worfs is handling the other. That allows everyone else to go out there and do their thing and Tom Brady to be Tom Brady. So, yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, but I, I really go back to that open week, 7-5. Mm-hmm. and five. It wasn't a lock to make the playoffs at that point, but I think that team got better and better before people even noticed how much better they had got. Uh, Charles Davis joining us here uh, for CBS Sports, who will obviously be doing the Super Bowl. Um, you know, and that's a and ask. I'm trying to say what what changed after that. The the thing I noticed the most was the offense went seemed more Brady like after that yeah. bye week. More motion, pre snap motion, more play action passing, more running of the football. Um, I think they, they're self scouting. They showed it and they did it. And I think defensively, I think Todd Bowles, you know, finally said, "Look, what my guys do best is play press man, and we just go get after the quarterback. And we're going to get burned every now and then, like they did yesterday with mm-hmm. with, uh, with with Scantling. So, yeah, like, yeah. but they didn't panic, like you said, they didn't panic. They stuck to their guns, and I think this team that we've seen the last seven games has been what they evolved into, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that as well, and. JP, I'm going to go back to my crew. We came to Tampa early in the season for the Chargers game. Mm-hmm. And you remember how that started? Michael Davis with the pick six. Right. And, the whole, and before it was over, we were going, oh, there's Tom Brady. Yep. Right? Yep. Sensational that day, right? Yep. You lost O.J. Howard, and Cameron Braid hadn't been doing a whole lot then. But since that time frame, mm-hmm. he became more and more part of the offense, right? Um, Ronald Jones became a huge part of the offense and, and, and rewarded Bruce Arians' confidence. And people forget Bruce Arians has been given this type of, of run to Ronald Jones for a couple seasons. Yeah, You know, a lot of people said, you got to make a move there. you got to do something. And he kept saying, he's my guy. And everybody kept looking at B.A. with like an arched eyebrow. Like, <laughs> right? Because you're close to a J.P. You know yep. people are like, really? Yeah, yeah. And, and he was rewarded for his faith in him. I'm just going to put it to you this way. As terrific as these players are in Tampa, I still think that Bruce Arians doesn't get his due. Mm-hmm. I do think that Todd Bowles, Keith Armstrong, the rest of that staff, Byron Leftwich, don't get their due. And I say it this way. We are very quick in our sports world to really be locked in on those coaches that look like they have a heavy hand mm-hmm. and are driving everything, Right. Those coaches that seem like they've involved their players or they listen to them or maybe they're they're not as autocratic, they don't get their due until much later. B.A. and his crew, like he said it this week, we allow Tom to coach. Why Mm -hmm. wouldn't we? (laughs) I mean, God knows what he's doing. To your point about adding things, moving this, what's going to make us better? And I had a philosophy early in the season, and, and, and I'm sticking with it. I remember early in the year when everybody was screaming about how B.A. was saying this about Tom in the, in the media. Yes, you can't yes. talk about Tom like right, that. Right. And all the old Patriots are like, oh, my God. My theory, J.P., and I'm st- as I said, I'm staying with it, was that Tom was in on it the entire time. B.A. is smart enough that he's not going to just do things like that without purpose. I will guarantee you that somewhere in there, he had sat down with Tom and said, you realize I'm going to have to coach this team through you. You're my superstar. So if I get on you at times, I'm not necessarily getting on you. I'm putting everybody else on notice. And if I can get on Tom Brady, I can jump your butt anytime I want to. And Tom knew that and handled it like a champ and was right there with him. And you see the reward now. What does B.A. talk about now? How great Tom is, yep. how wonderful he is, how this, how that. 
I really firmly believe it because I've seen coaches do this before with their superstars. And Tom Brady's used to this. Bill Belichick jumped on him all the time. Hey, I'm in on this now. (laughs) Fine with me. Do what you want to. And you see how it all worked its way together. And I'll stop here on this, JP. But this wasn't supposed to happen in a COVID year with no OTAs and no mini camps. Well, and that's why it took so long for them to get to that, the bye week, and then become the team they involved. That was, like Bruce said early on, I uh, had some conversations with him before the season. He says, we're going to lose four to 500 reps in trying to yeah. teach a new offense. He goes, that's going to, he goes, I've never done that before. I don't know how that's going to work out, but I think it's going to take us a while to really figure out what our identity is. And I'm glad you brought up about the, the national narrative about him, you know, him criticizing uh, Brady and I, yeah, I went on a couple shows and I said he's not criticizing. He's he's answering the questions honestly. We're asking yep. him whose whose fault is this, and, who, and then most coaches won't answer you honestly. Bruce has such a great relationship with his players. He has, because he gets to know them on a personal level and a very deep personal level. So that trust is already built there. So when he goes out in the media and says, yeah, that was Tom's fault or that was Rojo's fault or whatever, he, the guys know that he's got their back. He's not throwing them under the bus. He's just no. he's just being honest. And I think when you have that relationship with your players, you can do that. And I think you also see the fruits of being able to change and evolve and guys buying in because they feel like they're part of the process, right? Yeah, I, I agree, and, and the best coaches have always done the yes. exact same thing. They don't treat everyone equally on the team. They treat them fairly. Right. So the, what that means is if this guy needs a little bit more of the foot in the behind, he gets it. If this guy needs more kid gloves, he gets it. But, it, but across the board, everyone knows where they stand. Yeah. And that's why I do believe that, yes, he did all those things, the guys bought in and all that, but you can't tell me for a second, J.P., that he didn't have closed-doors conversations with Tom right oh, from yeah. the word go. This is what's going to go down. This is what you're going to hear. This is how it's going to happen. If you get involved in this with me, we're going to be ahead of the game. And, Tom, and, and Tom's all about winning. Yep. So Tom's like, I'm in. Yeah. And now people are realizing one more time, go through Bruce Arians' full track record, coach of the year in Indianapolis under very difficult circumstances. Coach of the year with the Arizona Cardinals, we got a chance to build his roster and make Carson Palmer more than viable down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Got to an NFC Championship game. Now he's finally made it to the Super Bowl. And, oh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh owes him a great debt as well as an offensive coordinator in one of the Super Bowls they won. So let's, let's not discount the fact this guy's been a great coach for a long time, but now he's gotten to the stage where everyone across America can go, oh, yeah. He really is, because you know as well as I do, J.C. Yeah. You can be a great coach, but if you don't get to the Super Bowl, you might not get acknowledged as one. No, it's so true. And, Charles, uh, before you go, real quick, you're, you know this Chiefs team so well, um, and, and, of course, the Bucs as well. How do, <clears throat> how do they match up? How do you see this uh, the, the matchup in this game? Well, it's a fun matchup, and, and let, me, let me just start very quickly, okay? Tampa Bay offense versus Kansas City defense. It'll be fun to see – you know, how Kansas City's going to want to match up with all the great, you know, perimeter guys. Yeah. But the big thing for Kansas City, the heavy lifting is going to be Chris Jones, Derek Noddy, those guys inside. Can they handle Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, because B.A. and, and Byron Leftwich will run the football. Yep, and this okay? offensive line, yep. yep. Yes, and that offensive line, okay? Now let's flip it over to the other side. Todd Bowles is irresistible for him to blitz, right? In right. fact, right. when you and I have this conversation, he just created five more blitzes, Okay. <laughs> But 
Patrick Mahomes handles blitzes as well as any quarterback in the game and usually makes you pay. Yep. But I'm looking at that Kansas City offensive line. Doubtful they'll have Mitchell Schwartz at right tackle has been on IR. Yep. Mike, uh, Eric Fisher towards Achilles. He's out for the Super Bowl at left tackle. Mm-hmm. There will be some shuffling across that line. I don't know that Todd's going to be able to say to himself, I'm just going to sit back and, and, and play coverage. I might have to attack that offensive line a little bit, especially to, to, to eliminate the run game. Yep. Because if you eliminate it, make Mahomes throw 50-plus times. Can he beat you? Yes. But believe it or not, you're actually in better shape than when he can hand it off. People forget in that first Buffalo game, they ran it 46 times for 246 yards that night. That's right. They can be patient if the run game is there. But if it's not, crack squad is really, really good. We know that. <laughs> but this is also a Tampa Bay secondary that is physical, pressed man, and then you can run with people because of Devin White and Levante David. Yeah, they. I think they'll have a safety over the top this time for Tyreek Hill. I you think. That, <laughs> I think that's probably going to happen. Yeah. Hey, Charles. Uh, always a pleasure to to chat with you, my friend. So glad uh, to catch up with you again. Hopefully, I'll see you here in Tampa uh, next week for the Super Bowl. I'm sure you'll be around. I certainly look forward to. It. We'll have our masks on. We'll do the the social distancing thing. Indeed. But it'd be a great chance to give a hearty hello to you again. I've missed you, my friend. Yeah, same here. Thanks, partner. Really appreciate your time coming on. The great Take uh, care, Charles Bye-bye. Davis. Um, all right, we shall take a break. If you want to comment on that, 727-518-0820. Quick three-minute break. Our quarterback guru, Shane Stafford, is just he is warming up in the bullpen, throwing fastballs. He's going to break down all the key plays in yesterday's NFC Championship win. Stay with us. All right, that's enough. Let's get back to the show. Now, more sports with JP. All right, welcome back. We got uh, so many great new sponsors coming on board um, for Super Bowl and beyond, hopefully. A couple of them. Our good friends over at Glory Days Grill. Um, that will be, if you can't get into the game, this is a great place to go for Super Bowl. 25 bucks per person. You'll get reserved seating and unlimited food from the, the Glory Days Fabulous Super Spread menu. So call today to reserve your seat for the best big game party in Tampa Bay. Uh, tons of TVs there, unlimited food, and great food. Uh, the best football fans in Tampa Bay right there, and that'll be at Glory Days Grill starting at 5 o'clock on Super Sunday. Get your reservations because uh, tickets are limited, and that's going to be on Super Sunday for the big game at Glory Days Grill. 25 bucks unlimited food. That sounds pretty, good to, sounds pretty good to You're me. kidding me? Sounds pretty good to me. They'd be losing money on this, this these folks. Also, um, our great friends at PDQ, my buddy Jeff Camus, they're also on board. If you're going to watch the game at home, Glory Days has a – Great offer for you right now by, or for game day, I should say, buy 50 jumbo wings, any style, and get 24 boneless wings free. So if you're throwing a party, here you go. Buy 50 jumbo wings, any style, and get 24 boneless wings for free. That's the Glory Days uh, to-go special valid through February 7th. Pre-order your wings 24 hours in advance by calling your favorite uh, Glory Day Grill or PDQ. So join us for that whole deal. Also at uh, uh, PDQ. The BOGO tender platters are going on. Oh, I'm sorry. I kind of screwed that up, folks. I'm just going to set this straight. That's all at Glory Days for the for the jumbo wings. At PDQ, 
You get buy 25 tenders, you get 25 tenders free on Saturday, February 6th, and Sunday, February 7th. It's my first read on this. I, you well, know, I screwed well, it up a little well, bit. Well, do you have Tyler the Wonder Dog just panting because she heard chicken? She's, she's like, chicken! She, yeah. She loves her PDQ, no doubt about that. So that's BOGO at uh, PDQ, So and that'll be February 6th and 7th and all the Tampa Bay area locations. Much more on this as we uh, go through. But right now... You're going to have Sugar Shane hanging his tongue out of his head. Sugar Shane loves him some PDQ. I know that. What's up, Sugar Shane Stafford? How are you, buddy? What's up, man? Hey, I got your defense, man. You just turned the ball over about three times in the second half right there. I did. I went... I I was very un-Brady-like. Well, actually, very Brady-like. We got your back, though. We got your back. And by the way, I do love some PDQ. I know. It's fabulous. They have a Honey Crunch sandwich that is just... To die for, to die for. And their for. dipping sauces are amazing. Right on point, bro. Right on whatever point. Whatever those are. Yeah, their dipping sauces is exactly what they are. Yeah, that buff- phenomenal. Yeah, the buffalo sauce. Let's oh. talk some football. Yeah, man. all right, let's, let's talk some football. Go. So, all right, let's talk about some of the key key points in this game. And yeah. first of all, take us through the uh, play right before the half. And, you know, the Bucks did a great job of calling timeout on defense to save some time. And then the fourth and three, they put the team back on. They get the first down, and then the big play to Scotty Miller. Take us through that sequence. That was pretty amazing. That was extremely impressive. And and what that that's the whole risk it no biscuit, and that kind of paid off for us. Um, and that actually taught me a lot as a coach in terms of, you know what? Why not take a chance right there? Because three points isn't really going to win this game at that time. And what they did was they put a speed guy. They got him, Scotty Miller. They allowed him to be a little bit, well, what they did, he was on the line, but yep. they they uh, took his split and narrowed it down. Mm-hmm. And they did a, a little bunch formation. And um, what that did and caused is not allow for the Green Bay Packers to go ahead and press Scotty Miller. Because Scotty Miller, he's not one of those guys. He's not a Julian Edelman. Right. and. The only reason people compare him to them is because <laughs> of the shade of his skin. Yes, right? exactly. Um, Two completely different players. Yeah, he's faster. He's a straight-ahead guy. He's more of an A-B than A-B is A-B. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'll tell you what, they did a great job. And by releasing, taking a, a wide release, the way we called an arc release, mm-hmm. um, what he did, and then Godwin went straight down the middle. Took the safety. Took the safety. Now, um, you know, Scotty Miller got in King's little blind spot there. Mm-hmm. Where And now, next thing you know, Tom Brady's looking down the center of the field. King's like, no way this white boy is going to run past me. And guess what the <laughs> white boy did? Ran right past him. He ran right past him. Just like, did they not watch? Um, the other, uh, who was that against Atlanta or it was a dome team yeah. earlier this yeah. year. Was it the Saints? Put on oh, any right. film with Scotty Miller in it. He's running by everybody. He's what running he does. by everybody. So it's a four, three guy. I love what they did there, but then they also, here's the great thing. If they didn't get the defense that they wanted, they did have something backside mm-hmm. that nobody even thinks about where they could get maybe five to eight yards and possibly get a 52 to 48-yard field goal attempt. That's what I love about that whole scheme of that play. Yeah, and and that uh, and Scotty, and the throw by Brady, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, it, it, cold, little bit of wind, perfect mm-hmm. spiral, drops it right in the freaking bucket. 
That was the and best can throw we of the say game. something about this offensive line over the yes. last four to six Please weeks? Please do. Goodness gracious. I told you well, a long time ago that worse, he's growing up. Oh. And now that whole offensive line, Jensen, heck, I don't know if you watch ESPN, but they hold they did like a whole satin yeah. down type of thing, oh, pancake yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. That was hilarious. Yeah, he's been doing that all year. I love that dude. But, and he, man, he has – He's really Our solidified. Our yeah. line is stepping up big time. Big and if time. we can get Rojo to be healthy now with how uh, yeah. comfortable mm. we are running the football, good luck, man. We can score points now. Hey, talk about the first touchdown to uh, Mike Evans. They get him isolated on, uh, yeah. I think it was uh, Alexander, a good player. But um, that was a good route, good catch, good throw. Yeah, no, that that's just a matchup problem. Um, yeah. That's something that I'm sure they went into, and and it happened earlier on in, in the uh, the series. And I think that's just something that they say they could take advantage of that matchup if they consistently get it. And they got it down there, and it was just a great throw. It was a great, great route by Mike Evans, how he – Basically, he stemmed it vertically. Mm-hmm. He he gave him a little stick at the top of his stem, used his hands, and then kept what we call down the line and allowed his quarterback to fade him out. It was just a great Perfect. play all around by both parties. Uh, talk about the um, the throw to Chris Godwin down the middle of the field as we go yeah. into some of the bad Brady. Um, yeah. But that wasn't really that bad because he trusts – one-on-one, yep. he's going to trust Godwin to go up and get that ball. So I know a lot of people are like, how do you throw that ball? It's because you trust Godwin against that safety. You know what I – I'm glad you brought that play up because when you asked me for three – you know, a couple plays to bring up, mm-hmm. I forgot to bring that play up. And I'm yeah. so happy you did bring that one up because that set us up for that 28-yard touchdown, um, if I'm not yes. mistaken. no. No. Now, with that being said, what happened was with that, why I love that throw is this. JP, the way he threw that ball and where he threw that ball, there is only one guy that would have caught that or it would have been incomplete, and that was Chris Godwin. He threw it on an angle to where only Chris Godwin. There was only one other defender out there, and that was that middle safety. Now, the middle safety, the way he was cocked, there was nobody that had a better chance to catch that other than the big body. And Chris Godwin, hands down all year, has been a sleeper. He's been the guy. When we don't have him on the field, we struggle offensively. And I'm telling you right now, that was a key play. And I'm glad you brought that one up yep. because I people think it was a Hail Mary type of throw. Mm-hmm. No, it was a 50-50 ball that no doubt Tom Brady thought his guy could win. And he did the same um, when the when the blitz came at him, unpicked up. Um, and he threw the ball up for grabs to Mike Evans, who was one-on-one over there. The problem was, and Mike does this a lot, and we've talked about this, Mike doesn't get his head around. Mike does not get his head around quick enough, especially in blitz situations. He, I mean, that's a that's 50-50 ball, and he's thinking the same thing. Mike Evans is going to get that, or it's going to be incomplete, unless Mike Evans doesn't bother to look back for the ball. Yeah, Mike Evans and and Godwin are two different receivers in yeah. that respect. Yeah. When Mike Evans can see and locate the ball hands down and it and Mike Evans is he's a guy that he doesn't adjust to the ball exceptionally well. Godwin 
hands down. Yep. He'll catch everything over his shoulder yep. or at the highest point. Yep. Mike Evans, if it's at the perfect position, yes, he will catch it at the highest point. Mike Evans can be such a frustrating receiver. I'm telling you right now, if you ask wide receiver coaches mm-hmm. across the league, I guarantee you they will say this dude can get even better if he continuously learns how to high point the ball yep. or catch it over his shoulder and use his big body consistently. That catch that he made in the end zone, he put his big body in front of the DB and he made that great catch. Now, he doesn't do that all the time. He doesn't always adjust well to the ball. In college, that's what he did really well. Yeah. But for some reason, I don't know if it's because lack of speed for him where he thinks he has to put his head down for like 30 yards, 20 yards, and then look back. Maybe. Yeah. And here's the other thing, though, JP. A lot of receivers, when they turn around after they run a route, a deep route, They look back at the quarterback instead of looking up. And one of the things that will help every young receiver that's listening to this program right now, whenever you run a deep route, never look back at the quarterback because the ball should already be in the air. Great point. Always look up. Hey, Mike Evans gets caught in that process. Yeah, and um, yeah, he's, he makes great plays and, and sometimes really frustrating plays. Um, let's yeah. talk about Aaron Rodgers here uh, for the last couple minutes. And this is one of the things, because we were kind of going back and forth on text about this, this, is one of the things I point out where Rodgers is not Brady. You know, when he was asked after the game about that that uh, sequence down at the goal line at the end there and about, yeah. you know, should he have gone for it on fourth down, he basically said that wasn't my call. I thought I was getting four downs. Um, but he didn't talk about first down. He's got freaking Devontae Adams wide-ass open on uh, yeah. the corner, and he misses low and away. I was, that was yeah. not a great throw. I mean, should he have caught it? Eh, okay, but that, that was not a great throw. He was wide-ass open. On the second down, he tries, He throws the ball a little early. I don't know if that was on him or the receiver. Third down, he miss, You know, he's try, instead of running, he's got a clear path to the end zone, he tries to stick it in double coverage back against the grain. Another poor decision. And then they kicked the field goal, which was a stupid decision. But, you know, in that situation, I think Brady takes a lot more of the blame. But Rodgers, he ain't saying that stuff. At least I didn't hear him say it. I'm going to tell you like this. Yeah, you you may be right. You know, I look, it is. Perception is reality, 100%. But I will say this. Aaron Rodgers does not play his best game. He missed a couple receivers that were open throughout the game. For some big plays, mm-hmm. he uh, he threw Devonte Adams just overthrew it for that one touchdown where yep. uh, he, he ran over get the middle. Yep. Yeah, and uh, he missed a couple plays. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, nobody is critiquing Aaron Rodgers, but yet we're all criticizing that fourth and nine play. Yeah, it's like I've told you this before. I, we've already talked about this back in when I was in high school. Everybody always talks about the two free throws in basketball that you miss at the end of the game when you lose by one. Right. Nobody ever talks about the two free throws in the first quarter or second quarter or third quarter that you miss that could have helped you win, and then those other free throws wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. So what about the interception he threw at the end of the half? What about the other big plays that he missed? A lot of them. And now yeah. we're talking, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. my thing is this. 
JP, I'm with you 100%, brother. He did not play, Aaron Rodgers did not play a perfect game. But yet we're all close. trying to say he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it. But yet we're still criticizing Tom Brady because he threw two, uh, three, three picks. picks. Yeah. Guess what? Tom Brady won. He's going to the Super Bowl, right. brother. Good luck. Have fun over the offseason contemplating what you did wrong. Yeah. And he's gonna, you know, and he's gonna look back on that film. I think Aaron Rodgers, if he's honest with himself, and say he probably played, you know, and the Bucks defense was a big part of the reason. Vita Vey was yeah. up in his grill. He was sacked five times. They did a great job containing him uh, with with the pass rush. They didn't you let him get out Vita very much. Well. You're a hundred percent right about that one, big dog. Yeah. All right, brother. Great stuff as always, my friend. I know we could talk for hours on this. Uh, come back yeah. tomorrow. We'll talk some more. Some more. Just come on every day this week. It's Super Bowl. I don't care. I, Hey, look, if you want to, man, I'd be more Bring than it. happy. All right, Let's partner. Go. Great stuff, as always. <laughs> Shane right. Stafford, Later, our quarterback guru. Um, is Jack Jack aboard? All right, let's go to uh, our good friend Jack Bourgeois from BlitzAlytics.com. What's up, partner? How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Couldn't be better right now. How are you, JP? Uh Bucks win, baby. We're uh, <laughs> we're ready for the next two weeks. It's gonna be, it's gonna be crazy town here. Um, what what jumped out at you uh, watching the uh, the NFC Championship game? What was the what you think was the deciding factor in that game? Either a segment or a series of plays. I, I would say just the defense overall. Uh, uh, the pressure they were able to get off of Aaron Rodgers was was the massive factor. If you have to pinpoint one thing, one stat line, it's it's the sacks and it's the pressures. Uh, what JPP and Shaq Barrett were able to do, getting as many pressures as they were in the five total sacks between the two of them. Um, without those, this team, I don't know if they win. Yeah, that was uh, getting Vita Vea back in it and having him push the uh, – there was a couple times where he just steamrolled uh, the center Lindsley. It just – it was it was a joke. And and that's when they realized, uh, we, you know, we're going to have to single up the outsides. And, and um, I forget who was block, blocking Shaq Barrett, but he didn't block him much. Uh, Shaq was a, was a monster. Yeah, this was. I think they're between him and and JPP their best performance of the season. Yeah, um, and talk a little bit about what Todd Bowles did defensively. His plan, um, I thought it was really good, and I was really pleased when uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling got the big play on Carlton Davis. I think it was. He didn't panic. He stuck with his game plan. And said, you know, you got to know Rodgers is going to get you a couple of those if you're going to play man, right? But you got to stick to your game plan. I, that was impressive to me. Hundred percent. I think this is something that has, has drove the the two of us crazy yes. all year long. Him implementing as much zone coverage as, as we've seen, and it biting them in the butt over and over and over again. When you know if you just keep keep somebody over the top, um, but you know play that cover, you know tight press man coverage. That's what our corners are best at. That's when they thrive. Yes, Carlton Davis has given up some against these speedy wide receivers, but you have to accept that that that's going to be the poison. So if if they can get you know three, four, five stops in a game, big stops in a game, but only give up one or two or three big plays, it balances itself out. I think the biggest thing this season was Todd Bowles didn't want to show his hand too much and do the exact same thing too much to where somebody could easily write the book coming into playoff time that this is what they do first, second, third down, and it right. have it be as simplistic as possible. This is what they do A, B, and C. Um, he he had he had to give them different looks throughout the season. Even though we've seen the last two weeks, they basically ran the exact same defense and just changed up the blitz schemes a little bit here and there. What did you think of the um, the interference call at the end there um, on Tyler Johnson? I, I think 
and I couldn't really tell, but I think if he does not impede Tyler Johnson by pulling his jersey, that uh, he may make that play, and and it's game over. So I think you have to make that call, despite the way you may have been calling the game, the entire game. I think you got to make that call in that situation. Am I am I being a homer here? Um, I don't know. Maybe we both are being homers, <laughs> but the way I see it, the way I see it is they were letting them play all game. But letting them play and having, you know, 18, 24 inches worth of stretched undershirt <laughs> is is kind of blatantly obvious. You know, you, you when something is slaps you in the face is blatantly obvious defensive holding, you have to call it. Now, the one where, you know, uh, Sean Murphy bunting, you know, got the interception. Yeah, he's a little handsy, but it was like a half second of yep. a pull not, you know, literally tearing his jersey or tearing his undershirt, you know, apart. So you've got to call that. I, and I think the Sean Murphy bunting one, yeah, you could have called it, but I think he was in really, really good position. And I think officials look at that. They're taught to look at that. If you're in good defensive position, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt. If you're trailing a guy by a yard and a half playing the man-to-man and you reach out and grab his jersey, they're going to call that. It's just they, they're going to. That's part Every of it. Every time. Yeah. They have to. You got that's why being in good position it helps you in that situation. Um what did what did you think of of the overall offensive game plan and, and how they executed it especially with uh the play action pass and uh, I I thought Leftwich called one of his best games you know the, the Gronk throwback uh the call that iced the game with the little pitch to Godwin um, the Scotty Miller play, some of the red zone stuff. I th- thought they were really, really on point, taking advantage of, of certain situations and getting the matchups that they wanted. Yeah, I, I was very, very impressed. Uh, they didn't throw out. They, they risked it every now and then, and they, they weren't scared to drive the ball downfield, especially when you have a little bit of a cushion. They're able to play a little bit more aggressive. Um, when charting their plays, they actually are extremely run heavy when the team is tight or within three or four points. So they're not trying to lose it, but as soon as they go up by one score or more than three points, four points or more, basically, um, they become very, very pass-heavy until they're up two scores, and then they revert back to the run. So they're willing to take those risks. You know, when the when the game is tight, they're trying to always hit that that KO home run shot. Um, so I was very, very impressed. The the aggressive, the cojones it takes with just a few seconds left on that, that uh, deep pass to Scotty Miller was outstanding. I, I can't wait for, to see what Leftwich's career does in the next few years. Mm-hmm. And I do think that if, if Brady and B.A. Um, are able to win a couple Super Bowls, at least one, and B.A. retires, I think Leftwich is going to step right in. Yeah, I don't think he's ready yet to be a, a head coach, personally. I, I think, you know, he's... And and look, it's been a tough year. You got a new quarterback, new offense for him, uh, no training camp. It was going to take a while. And I thought, you know, I thought Leftwood struggled at times to call plays, but they're got they've got it all together here at the end. They've come together and evolved into a really what I would call a a very good hybrid Brady uh, slash Arian slash Leftwich offense that's really taking advantage of of all the assets they have: a good offensive line, good running backs, a, you know, a bevy of of targets. And a great quarterback. And they're, yeah, they're, it, they're kind of meshing them all together at the perfect time is my point. Would you agree? But yeah, the perfect perfect blend at the perfect timing. You know, sometimes you don't have the spices till the very end of the dish. Yep. And you, you, know, you throw a little extra pepper on top, and that's what they've <laughs> done. Perfect timing. And then the health of this team 
has been the biggest thing and the depth behind it. You know, having Mike Edwards to step in and literally yes. almost, you know, on the, in the back end of the defense, they really didn't seem to skip a beat. Uh, Mike Edwards, when he does play, I think he only plays about 20% of the time, but he makes massive plays when he's in in that short time. And then without AB, you know, there really was no no falter. No you know, off. they had Scotty Miller step up. They had Cameron Brait step up. I mean, they have too many weapons to go around. And then when you look at the health of the Kansas City Chiefs right now, this is very, you know, this is in in the Bucks' benefit going in in yep. two weeks. Yeah, real quick, give me a give me a scouting report on on Kansas City versus the Bucks. I mean, obviously, we saw the first half uh, last game when they played was a disaster for the Bucks. They made some adjustments, but you never know. You know, was it your adjustment or did they just not risk it in, in the second half? So, what do you, how do you think these two teams match up? Well, I don't see, you know, Tyree Kill going for 200 yards in the first quarter, <laughs> the first three drives of a game. That's not going to happen again. They learned, they made adjustments. It definitely wasn't that, um, you know, that Casey shut their offense down. I don't think Casey ever shuts their offense down. Um, it was just too little too late. They, they, the Chiefs had gone up way too much. The biggest thing is you have four of five starting offensive linemen, I believe, um, out for this game. I know they have two two current offensive linemen that started week one for them, but three of the three of the five basically, and they've lost a total of I think four stolen four offensive linemen throughout the entire season. So they are hurting without J with JPP and Shaq Barrett going up against backup left and right tackles. Mm-hmm. That is going to be the biggest advantage with Mahomes being at least semi-hobbled, not at his physical peak. This is going to give the Bucks an opportunity. Um, and then you've seen, uh, you know, against the run, KC has struggled at times. Yep. You know, Chris Jones is a big upgrade against Kenny Clark, but we got at least a taster of that in terms of interior pressure, especially over the last couple of weeks. We've got really good matchups um, against really good defensive linemen. Offensive line has held their own. It's going to be a shootout. You know it is. It's going to be whatever team. The Bucks have put up, what, 30-plus points over the last six yeah. weeks yep. straight. They're going to need to put up 40, I think, this this time. I would, I would def- I don't know what the over is, but bet the over in this game for F- sure. 56-and-a-half, it's the highest, I think, in Super Bowl history or second highest. It's, it's a lot. But I, I agree with you. I'm going over, no doubt about it. All right, uh, Jack Bourgeois, Blitzalytics.com. How can the folks get all your great content? Go check us out at blitzlytics.com. The Prospect Encyclopedia is still on sale through us uh, for this last year at least. Uh, We got uh, a little bit – we basically got taken by uh, Sports Illustrated. I'll have to talk about that later. But, yeah, check us out, blitzlytics.com. All right, partner, good stuff. Appreciate it. We'll talk down the line. Have a good one. All right, uh, quick break. When we come back, we're going to hear from a lot of uh, Buccaneers post-game celebrations, some uh, funny stuff from JPP. Uh, Scotty Miller, Shaq, we'll hear from him. A little bit more Brady. Um, the Bucks are headed to the Super Bowl. We'll hear from the characters next. Uncut and unfiltered. More sports now with J.P. Peterson. Presented by FanStream Sports. Download the app today. All right, welcome back. Coming up. James Brown from CBS Sports, who will be hosting their coverage here in Tampa Bay, is going to join us at 5 o'clock. Bruce Gradkowski at 5.15 from Pro Football Focus. We'll get uh, his thoughts on the Super Bowl matchup. We haven't talked a lot about the uh, the Chiefs-Bills game. 
Um, I thought the Bills would give them a better game, to be honest with you. But I think what we saw in that game more than anything, obviously um, the Chiefs are a better overall team defensively. They're, I think, you know, as much as I really respect Sean McDermott, I think they, they got out coached a little bit. And the Bills just aren't ready. They're a really, really talented team that's going to be around for a while. But you've got to go through some of this, I think, to to get to the promised land. And, you know, Josh Allen's going to learn again. It just it just takes some time. I thought he was um, average, not super, not super in the game. And and Mahomes was just phenomenal. You know, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He ran what he needed to. We just that dude. I think I counted three or four times when the Bills had a free runner uh, from the blitzing angle. Literally nobody blocking him. And came right at Mahomes. He sidesteps him. He's out. He's out of the pocket, and he's making plays. I mean, defensively, you couldn't call a better play. You couldn't have executed better. But the guy, he just can't get him on the ground. Yeah, it's basically like Tony Romo said. If I told you Buffalo scored the first nine points yeah. and the last nine points, yeah. would you think Buffalo would have won? Probably. Yeah, exactly. But this is that's exactly what happened. But did they? Absolutely not. And I, you know, obviously every team goes into the game saying we got to stop who. Tariq Hill, Travis Tariq, Kelsey, and Travis Kelsey. We got to stop him. But yeah, Kelsey was open all day long. Like you, <laughs> he's open all day long, and, and a lot of that is Andy Reid. The what the misdirection of this offense is just it's brilliant, and it's so brilliant, brilliantly executed. Um, they just and Mahomes is a, is a difference maker. It, if you call the perfect defense and he still beats you time and time again, what the hell are you going to do? I mean, and that's what the Bucs have got to figure out. They've got to figure out how they get him on the ground. I mean, when you blitz him, and I think that's part of it. Guys just, they get wide-eyed. And they're like, oh, I got a free shot on Mahomes. And, and they don't break down. They try to knock you know, knock him out of the game. And before they know it, he's sidestepped and the ball's 30 yards down the field. And you're toast. But, um, you know, I do think Kansas City is vulnerable inside against the run. But, you know, it's going to come down to, once again, can you get Mahomes on the ground? Can you pressure him? And can you cover those guys? Yeah, not, and not give up 200 yards to Tyreek Hill in the first quarter. Yeah. Well, obviously, we're not going to run that defense again. Yeah, Carlton needs help, guys. Mm-hmm. Carlton needs help. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and I would expect, by the way, to have Antoine Winfield back for the game. And Antonio. And, yeah. And Antonio. And, yeah, and AB will be back as well. Hopefully, hopefully Whitehead, too, because he got kicked out of the game from yeah, injury. Yeah, I think he's got a shoulder injury we don't know yet, but um, you know, getting Winfield back would, would be huge. All right, 727-518-0820 is the number. If the Bucks, uh punch their ticket to the Super Bowl, 31-26, the final uh, at Green Bay. Let's hear from uh, some of the cats that were pressuring Aaron Rodgers. Um, what a great game for Shaq. Shaq Barrett, who you know at times this year was a little um, invisible, but he has shown up in the playoffs big time, as has JPP. And, and those guys were a huge reason that Brady decided to come to Tampa Bay. I think you've heard uh, Arian say this uh, many times before, but it's absolutely 100% true. Brady wasn't coming here, and I don't think Sue and Shaq and, um, and some of these other guys come back and left. Brady was coming back. i got to tell you one thing. JPP was, was done with Jameis. He was done. he was done with that deal. He wasn't coming back if Jameis was coming back. But with Brady, changed the whole deal. Changed the whole deal. Let's listen into uh, Shaq Barrett, shall we? Post game. The Shaq, you guys were shorthanded at safety, and, and 
they made a comeback, obviously, but how big was the pressure you guys were able to mount with, with your three sacks in particular? Oh, it was a big force. We knew that Aaron Rodgers was going to give us a chance to get to him, and he was going to try to make the big play. So our secondary did a great job holding him, uh, holding him up, like taking away his first, second read, and we was able to get there. We go to Greg Allman. Shaq, you guys have said all year that you want to be the side of the ball that gets to close out wins. If you can just talk about what this fourth quarter was like, getting them off the field and closing out this win. That was big for us. We knew that there's no better time to be great. There's no better time to be the defense that we want to be than right now. <clears throat> so we just took the challenge. We know our offense was going to do what they needed to do. And uh, when we need help, they bail us out. When they need help, we bail them out. And it's, uh, that's why we plan so good right now. We're just working good together and we in sync for the most part. We'll go to Jenna Lane. Hey, Shaq, congrats. Um, can you just speak to the impact that Vita Vea had on you guys today up front? Oh, Vita's a big impact. We most definitely miss Vita. He, uh, on the first sack, he, like, the quarterback was trying to go to where Vita was at, but he couldn't because Vita was right there. And he flushed him right to me, and it worked out perfectly. So, like, just from that, not even a run defense. Run defense, he's a real important piece in there. Nobody, wherever Vita's at, he's going to take the next gap next to him on both sides and maybe one more gap. So, we most definitely missed him in there. We'll go to Scott Reynolds. Hey, Shaq, congrats on that win. You've uh, been in the Super Bowl before, and you've won it, but not in your home stadium. Talk about coming home to play in the Super Bowl at Raymond James Stadium. It's crazy that we're the first team to do it, making history, but uh, <clears throat> that's not like where it's, history has to end. We could be the first team to win it as well, mm -hmm. and uh, that's the key. We've got to get back ready to work, but just, oh, it's, it's, it's crazy, like, like it's never been done before and we doing it. Uh, it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. I'm happy to be a part of it. I'm happy that everybody who's on this uh, organization is a part of it. We got some great guys here and everybody. I just love it here. Love them. And I'm happy that we doing it together. We'll go to Joey Knight. Shaq, uh, how surprised were you that they tried to kick a field goal late? Is that kind of like the sign of the ultimate respect for your defense? <laughs> hey, I, I couldn't believe it, honestly, because <laughs> there's no guarantee that they're going to make it back down there again. Even if they was on fourth down, they might as well try. But uh, I know uh, offense pretty – they've been amazing in four-minute offense this year, not giving the team back the ball. So I had all the utmost confidence in them. But uh, – I know they, if he could take it back, he probably wouldn't do that next time. But I appreciate it. Offense did their job. We did our job, and we came up with the win. It sounds exactly like the Dodgers. We'll go to Blake Snell was pulled. <laughs> well, the other team was happy. Hey, Shaq, we can't obviously be in the locker room this year, but can you just take us inside? What What's it like in there right now, the emotions for all you guys? The energy is crazy. <laughs> like, everybody's so excited. This is a lot of people first playoff trips this uh this year and not yeah uh, not to mention going to the Super Bowl is as amazing feeling in there is is the goal of every year every season and we finally able to uh be where we want to be at the end of the year we just gotta finish it now. If you watched uh, Devin White's Instagram, Ryan. you saw the whole thing go down in their locker room. Hey, the secondary begins the game without Winfield, then they lose Whitehead. Could you just talk about how the young guys back there stepped up when when they needed to? Oh, our guys, they are all ready to play. They all in practice. They all in there getting reps. And we could count on them at any second, any moment, any play in the game. And that's what you saw out there tonight. They was uh, in there. They was affecting the game, making plays, and they was ready to step up. It wasn't no fall off, no plays, like, between them and the guys that's ahead of them. And that's what we need on our team to continue to be successful from the first man to the last man.
That's uh, Shaq Barrett yesterday. Uh, three sacks, five total for the Buccaneers defense, and a handful of of hits on Aaron Rodgers and more hurries and great pressure. That was uh, you know another part of this game that we thought was going to be advantage Buccaneers. The Bucks were going to be able to protect Brady. I think I think we had a pretty good feel about that. The Packers coming in 29th in quarterback hits. Um, that played that played out no doubt and. You know the Bucks got pressure. They got pressure big time, and going up against Kansas City with, with now Fisher out with the torn Achilles, they're going to have to shuffle their offensive line again. This may change the way um, Andy Reid attacks. I think it has to. It's because they're going to have to keep it, and their their whole offensive game plan is is so predicated on multiple options using all your eligibles. If they're going to have to keep a tight end in to help these tackles or chip or whatever, it's going to take away from their offense. And, um, again, this could turn out to be a pretty good matchup for the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, they have been playing with Remmers, their backup tackle, yeah. right tackle. For, who's not bad. Uh, who's not bad at all. Uh, but the left tackle, we saw what happened with David Bakhtiari against mm-hmm. Green Bay. So we're going to see what happens against Kansas City. This is an elite pass rushing group that the Bucks have, and – um, going up against backups, that's advantage Bucks. All right, uh, JPP, we got JPP ready. Let's yep. Let's listen into uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, who has been a monster in these uh, in these playoffs. You could kind of tell that you know he's been nursing a little bit of a knee injury, and you know maybe pacing himself for the playoffs. Well, whatever he's doing now, he's got two weeks off to get ready. This dude's going to be a monster in the Super Bowl. Let's listen into JPP. JPP. Hey, this defense, obviously you guys have stepped up before this year, but to be the side of the ball that closes things out, that gets the stops in the fourth quarter, what did that mean to, to do this tonight? Oh, man, it means a lot, man. It, it tells you something special about this defense, you know. Uh, we closed the game out. Tom closed the game out, and that was it, you know. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, don't get me wrong, Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback, a phenomenal quarterback. And, you know what I mean? It's sad that he didn't make it, but I'd rather him, them than us, you know. And – the defense just showed up like we showed up last year, this year, and the whole year. We'll go to Rick Stroud. Jason, you played college games at Raymond James, and now you play a Super Bowl there. What, what does it mean to, to be the first team to, to accomplish this and play in your home stadium? It means a lot, man. You know, just Jason, you know, trading up for me three years ago, you know, uh, and, you know, it just means a lot. You know, I'm back in Tampa where I start, where I all started at. I won't say where I all started at, but went to college here. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl is hosting in Tampa. We end the Super Bowl. It's just history been made, man. Just history is written and it's being written. And hopefully we win the Super Bowl, man. We do everything we have to do. And we play like we play tonight, man. We'll do it. We'll go to Jenna Lane. I love the energy. He hey, Jason. First off, congratulations. Thanks, Jenna. Uh, what was the dialogue like on the sideline there in the second half? You know, Tom threw three picks. You know, Aaron started to get hot. You, you were without your two starting safeties when Jordan went out. What what was the dialogue like with the guys on defense? And what were you guys able to, to do to be able to close things out ultimately? I think, you know, with the guys that we have and everything that went on today, uh, we never budged. We never, you know, flinched at all. You know, we just played uh, – tremendous football and you know look where we at you know it don't matter how many picks Tom throws 
you know, the defense got his back, you know what I'm saying? And that's how we play, you know? It don't matter. I feel like a, a group of brothers, when they when they sing, it's, it's unstoppable. We'll go to Scott Reynolds. Listen to Jason, Jason congratulations Pierre on the win. Just, just uh, it, you know, talk about getting to Aaron Rodgers twice yourself and then the performance from your, your bookend, Shaq Barrett, with three sacks tonight. Yeah, three. I thought it was two and a half. I think I got half on that sack. I got to look at that, man. I ain't go. You feel me? <laughs> but nah, man, it's, it's two and a half. Yeah, y'all better count that right now. Uh, but nah, everything was good, man. Shaq played a tremendous you know, football game. I did. And to be honest, we know that we had to have, we both had to have big games in order for it to work. You know what I mean? And that's what we have. That's what we had, uh, obviously. And y'all saw it too as well. And so did everybody else. And man, we just was sync. You know, we talk. We communicate together, you know, uh, and I enjoy playing with him, man. I enjoy him having him as a teammate, very, you know, well, well-spoken, you know what I mean? Football player, tremendous football player. And that's what we would just sync with each other. That was it. We'll go to Tom Rock. Jason, it's been almost a decade since you've been to the, uh, to the Super Bowl. A lot has changed in your life. You're obviously with a new team now. Uh, can you just talk about the journey from from the last time you were there to to the to where you are now? Well, the journey, man. If I talk about the journey, it's gonna take forever. <laughs> <laughs> but just a quick brief, man. It took you know with the trade from the Giants, you know, winning the Super Bowl at the Giants, then trade from the Giants. You know, it's probably in my at my peak of my career. Uh, you know, it was was hard, but at the end of the day, you know, we got a job to do. You know, and I think Jason did a great job in believing in me and bringing me here to Tampa. And, and look where we at right now. Like, I'm going to keep saying, look where we at. Look where we at. You know, look where I'm at. You know, it, it never stopped, man. My grind is is tremendous, though. I just I just keep going. You know, my, I have a motor that never stopped. Uh, so I'm happy and I'm I'm excited and where I'm at right now, where my teammates at right now in life. And like I said, man, to give you a story to run down, it'll take forever, man. You know, maybe I just got to write a book, man. <laughs> yeah, you do. Uh, Jason Pierre, Paul. We'll who I, I think is, you know, he's one of those glue guys that they had to have back um, because he cares so much about winning. You you could see that last year that losing was just eating him up, and especially the way they were losing. And, I, you know, that those are the guys, the older guys, the older veterans that set the tone, the younger guys look up to. Um, and when, you're, when, when your best players like that are, are some of your hardest workers – and guys that love football and take it seriously and are super competitive, that's what creates a winning culture. That's what creates the winning culture. And um, it's it's fun to see, and it's it's definitely – you can see how it manifests itself on the field on a, on a weekly basis as opposed to, you know, when this locker room full, was full of a, guys, a lot of guys like, you know, dare I say it, you know, the Gerald McCoys of the world. Great players and – you know, very, very um, uh, super talented, but were they the guys that didn't accept losing? Guys that just don't accept losing, and they change the culture. I've seen it. I saw it happen with, with, uh, with Derek Brooks and Rondé Barber and John Lynch and that whole group. And you're you've seen it over the last year, year and a half here in, here in Tampa Bay. Very impressive. All right, we'll, we'll take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to hear from a, an emotional Leonard Fournette as we celebrate this NSC championship win, folks. We're going to talk a lot of bucks today. We've got a lot of great guests. 
James Brown, CBS Sports, uh, hosting the Super Bowl, will join us at 5 o'clock. Bruce Gradkowski is going to join us at uh, 5.15, as he normally does. we got a couple of other great special guests coming up who were in Green Bay yesterday for the game. We'll get their firsthand account when we come back. Pure Sports. Let's go! Come on! Let's do it. Now more with JP. Turn your radio up. So we're going to have to uh, recut that spot for this super celebrity shootout because Chris Godwin's in the game, baby. You love to hear it. You love to hear it. Yeah, there's going to be tons of superstars there. David Ortiz and all his buddies will be there. Mike Allstott, a lot of ex-Buccaneers will be there, so well the, worth it. The TB4 Sports Show will be TB4 there. TB4 Sports Show will do there. We might do a uh, a live broadcast from there. I don't know. We're still working on that. Hey. Maybe, it may be a simulcast on television. Ooh. How about that? And TB4 Sports Show will be all over that. Yeah, absolutely. You guys are definitely made for TV stars. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Oh. Hey, I want to uh, remind you also that uh, my good friend Scott Fitzgerald from American Mortgage Services is awaiting your call. Mortgage rates are at historic lows, but we don't know where they're going, folks. Uh, a very volatile political situation, can we say? Uh, so uh, lock them in right now. They're still in the twos, and, and Scotty can also get your loan done faster than the big banks that are all backed up right now because it's so busy. Um, but they can get it, get your uh, loan through quickly, and they'll get you the lowest numbers. They don't charge lender fees. They're a wholesale broker. So they've been doing it for a long, long time. Scotty's done uh, over 3,000 loans here locally, works for a lot of the coaches and athletes here in town. He will get your uh, your loan done quick and for the lowest number. Uh, email him at scott at amstampa.com, scott at amstampa.com, or call him at 813-294-7595, 294-7595. He may be a little hungover from watching the game yesterday, but he'll take your call. He'll always answer your call. <laughs> Speaking of hungover, no, I don't think <laughs> maybe there are. Uh, I want to welcome in a couple of really good friends: the great uh, Barry Smith, former uh, Florida State All-American wide receiver, first-round pick of the Green Bay Packers, played for the Bucks, of course, and his son Andrew Smith, who uh, played for Georgia Tech, great football player in his own right. And they both join us now, and we're both at Lambeau Field yesterday for this uh, historic win for the Buccaneers. Father and son, how are you? How was the trip? Well, uh, let me tell you, JP, I am uh, on cloud nine. It was just a really exciting day in Lambeau yesterday, and uh, it was just awesome to be with my son Andrew, to share that moment, uh, to be part of history. Uh, but, you know, the part about being a little hungover, that's uh, <laughs> probably pretty spot on. You know, we, we flew back. We, we, we hit the road at 5.30 a.m. this morning to drive to Milwaukee to catch the flight back, and we got back a little bit ago, and um, uh, I think after this call, I think I'm uh, going to take a snooze. <laughs> Andrew, how was it uh, going to Lambeau Field where your, where your dad played and you got to see your beloved Bucks win a huge game with Tom Brady? JP, thank you for having us on today. Yeah. It, was, it was absolutely the trip of a lifetime. Um, you know, of course, I I grew up hearing all sorts of, uh, you know, stories of, you know, my dad playing from Florida State to Lambeau Field and here in Tampa. And uh, to get to experience something like that with him, 
uh, about a week after his 70th birthday wow. was just incredible. I mean, you, 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 obviously, I, I'm born and raised here in Tampa, and we've waited a long time for this moment. Yeah. And uh, we've gone through a lot of ups and downs along the way. And so I'm still pinching myself. I'm waiting to, uh, you know, wake up and someone tell me it was a dream because the, the stars aligned. And uh, it was it was certainly a father son trip that uh, I will I will never forget. Hey, hey Barry, what was the uh, what was the atmosphere like there? Um, obviously cold, but not you know you played in colder. You've probably experienced colder oh, in that field. Oh, definitely. Well, yes, it's cold because hey, you know here it is January in Wisconsin. Come on, right. you know it's going to be cold. But you know it really wasn't that bad. Now I'll tell you, literally again, we got up very early yesterday morning. And it was snowing like no tomorrow. I mean, it was incredible. Uh, and, and so we were out the door at 8 o'clock because we wanted to, uh, uh, you know, a little yeah. bar hopping, a little yeah. tailgating, and let's take it all in. And we were all dressed up for all the snow and all that. But uh, I told Andrew, I said, let me tell you what, I bet you the sun's going to pop out before kickoff. And so it was like it, it, two different days all yeah. wrapped up in a few hours. But it, the atmosphere – yeah, uh, listen, I, you know, hey, being a Raymond James is great and all that, yeah. but come on, you know, it's a different uh, football deal. in Lambeau and Green Bay is iconic. It's like baseball at Wrigley. Yeah, okay, you got to do it, and and to be there yesterday, it was it's epic. You know, a Brady and Aaron, come on for all the marbles, awesome. Andrew, how- I, hey, I, I love I love Barry's response to if it was cold out. Uh, so at five <laughs> o'clock in the morning, we were we, we awoke to uh, snow plows going by our hotel window, and uh, it was just you know dumping snow on us. And of course, I had to run out and experience it, but uh, it, it was pretty chilly. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> yeah, Dorothy, well, you're not in Tampa anymore. Well, hey, is- hey, JP, <laughs> JP, Andrew and I were well lubricated. Okay, <laughs> I know, that's true. <laughs> I know that's Allegedly. true. So, how was it from a from a cheering standpoint? I don't know how many Buck fans were there, but I imagine I didn't see many on the TV copy anyway. But so you were vastly outnumbered. How were you treated? Well, you know the fans again. You know the fans in in uh, Green Bay are not like the Philadelphia right, Eagles exactly. fans. They won't throw batteries. They're very gracious. Uh, but you know we were the majority of the Buccaneer fans and Andrew and I. I don't know Andrew. What do we have? Maybe a hundred or something like that. I don't know. But they were spread out in that uh, the end zone. We were sitting in the end zone and we literally were in the last row. We had those Bob Euchre seats. <laughs> but hey, listen, I am not complaining because no. it actually they were awesome. You know, I I, I got a chance to uh, for the 2013 FSU national championship game. I got a chance to take my dad, and I was just going to go on a press pass, but my dad, um, I just turned, I think, 82 at the time, and and he had not been to an FSU game in a long, long time or any game. And yep. he and he actually played football for Caltech in the Rose Bowl. Their home wow. game, yeah, his, his home games were wow. in the Rose Bowl. So he had actually played on that field. And I took him to that game, and you know, little did we know it was going to be, you know, a, a game just like you guys just saw. And that moment of sharing that with my father, and, and he just happened to have a stroke six months later. He's still alive and doing great, but it's the last time he's really been able to experience something like that. And yep. I, I will cherish that moment forever. So I'll throw it back on you, Andrew. What you know, in terms of that, what does that mean for you as a son? Oh man, you know football and, and sports in general. Um, I've, I've had a chance to learn a lot of life lessons uh, through sports. You know, with my dad being a, a great mentor along the way, and 
you know, there's there's something there's something fun about being the underdog, and yeah. uh, you know, being a Buccaneers fan for many years, we you know we are kind of perennial underdog. Yeah, and uh, you know, when we lined up in victory formation at the end of the game, and I looked over at him, and I said, "Dad, we're going to the Super Bowl," and we hugged each other. Uh, as tight as you can imagine, and uh, it, it was just everything you could imagine. It was incredible. And from your perspective, Dad? Oh, my Lord. Well, you know, my dad and I had a very tight relationship because mm-hmm. uh, sports was always played, was kind of central in our lives, but football was like everything. You know, football is a religion, mm-hmm. certainly in my family, and I remember some very iconic moments spent with my dad and so spending them now with my son, uh, it's, it, uh, again, there's no words because there's no dollar amount you can put on it. You know, I mean, yep. it was just, and, and, and I, I thank my son because last week when we were watching the playoff game, uh, he was over in Tampa. I'm over here in, you know, St. Pete watching it. And he calls me and he goes, you know, like an halftime, Dad we're going to green Bay <laughs> and I'm going, uh, yeah. Okay. You know, and, uh, but Hey, he, he puts a trip together and, you know, Hey, next thing you know, we were there in green Bay and it was just really, uh, just wonderful. Wonderful. That's a pretty tough ticket, Andrew. How'd you, how'd you, uh, do you have to like pull some strings? Like my dad was a first round pick here. Give me some tickets. Well, so, so for those of you who don't know, uh, you know, Barry Smith was the very first player in NFL history to play for both bays, Green Bay and Tampa Bay. That's right. And so, you know, it was around halftime of the Saints game last week. Uh, you know, a, a little gutsy call, but I uh, decided, you know, if we're going to round up flights and hotel rooms, we need to do it now, and we'll worry about tickets when we get there. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I don't know. The, uh, the, the <laughs> magical ticket man worked his magic. You know, Barry was able to line up a few, uh, nice. few phone calls, and somehow two fell in our lap. All right, so now you want to talk about getting a Super Bowl ticket. Are dad and son going to get to go to the <laughs> – hey, this hey, may hey, be the toughest ticket in the history of tickets. Hey, hey, JP, I looked at Andrew and I go, hey, the game's over. We did it. Green Bay, I, I, I'm out of the loop now because yep. it's now it's in rarefied land, you know, rarefied air, and uh, it's a whole different game now. And, but you know what? Seriously, as much as the Super Bowl is going to be huge – uh, for me, and I think Andrew being at, at, in Lambeau, yeah, yep. and that was it. That was it because, okay, now we're playing in the Super Bowl. It's a different deal. And I'm sure uh, we're going to figure out some great Super Bowl parties to go to or whatever we're going to do. Now, I will say, knowing my son, he's wheeling the deal in something, you know. But yep. uh, Yes, that's uh, true. Yeah, but yes. I'm out of the game. I'm out of the game. <laughs> hey, we're talking yeah, with all, the... all, all I'll say is uh, never say never. <laughs> we're talking with Barry and Andrew Smith. Uh, Barry, a first-round pick of the of the Packers many years ago, played for the Bucks as well. Uh, Andrew played at Georgia Tech. So, uh, do, do you guys have a favorite play or mem- like moment of the game that you'll that you'll always remember, or a couple of moments um, that maybe the Scotty Miller play, or what? What, what do you remember? Well, I would Andrew, say you call it two. Yeah. So you you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, you know, the, the Scotty Miller play right before halftime, um, it was such a dogfight, just, yeah. you know, kind of hitting each other in the mouth, you know, right back and forth. And then when that play happened, um, going into the locker room, that was the first time I think we both really felt uh, confident that we were going to come away with, with the win here. And then the second one, of course, is, you know, we have a great defensive stand towards the end of the game, 
And uh, when the Packers lined up to kick a field goal, yes. it, it was almost like they were throwing in the towel. And so th- those probably two moments stand yep. out, uh, you know, yep. uh, out of all the others. Absolutely. Barry, absolutely. same? Same for you? Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, I'll say the other play had actually nothing to do with football, but uh, as we were walking around Lambeau yesterday, uh, we uh, we lit up a couple of Habana Cohiba cigars. Right. And uh, that's, we, you know, that, that's very significant because yeah. the father-son bonding again, you know, outside of Lambeau and going, you know, in a, in a few minutes we're getting ready to go walk inside and, and maybe we'll see history being made. And we certainly did that. JP, you'll get a kick out of this. So it wasn't just uh, the cigars, but, uh, you know, some of the locals had, uh, you know, I guess thrown some firewood in a garbage can and made a, you know, makeshift fireplace. Right. And uh, we were sitting around in some plastic chairs smoking cigars with, you know, <laughs> fire coming out of a garbage can and the snow's all, you know, falling on us. There, there was no moment more Lambo than yeah. that, you know. That's awesome. Because they, they didn't allow tailgating, right? Or did they? Well, on uh, the, quote, okay, quote, on unquote, the pro- yeah. Yeah. yeah, on the property, you know, like you know, say inside the the gate, so to speak, or the yeah. uh, uh, no, but all around it, tailgating was everywhere. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. This is you know, it's Green Bay, you're yeah. tailgating. Oh yeah, yeah. phenomenal yeah. stuff. Uh, and and from a receiver standpoint, which goes both of you guys know about, there were some great catches and a lot of drops in this game too. Uh, but you guys know what it's like trying to catch a cold ball. Was it was it cold weather or nerves or what do you think? No, first of all, Godwin's, you know, Godwin, I think of him, yep. where he dropped the one right between the numbers. And <laughs> yeah. I go, are you kidding me? And then turns right around and makes a circus catch. And you're going, oh, my God. Um, but you had two great teams. You had two great teams, like Andrew said, just knocking one, you know, yeah. uh, slamming one another in the mouth. And, uh, you know, it's always going to come. Uh, at some point, somebody's going to step up and make the play. And mm-hmm. our guys did. Yeah. Well, guys, listen, I really appreciate you sharing this father-son experience with us. Um, you know, honestly, football, it's great to watch these games, but I think you guys will agree it's the bonds that you make over the game, the games that you go to that you will remember, you'll, you'll remember and cherish for your life. And this, you guys, your know, life's all about making memories every day, right? And if you can make a memory, it's been a good day. You guys had a good day. You guys had a good uh, we day. We certainly did. Yeah. Amen and go Bucks. Yep, hey man, absolutely. It's, it's about it's about so much more than sports. I, I completely yeah. agree. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank really you. appreciate your time, um, Barry and Andrew Smith, right there. Thank that, you. Yeah, absolutely. The, it's that father and son bond. I mean, if you're if you're able to do that over, you know, whether it's fishing or uh, going to football games, um, it's a cool deal. That's a really really cool deal. And I can't imagine, like, you know, like my dad played on that field at, at the Rose Bowl and Andrew's dad played on that field at Lambus. It, that's kind of a – that's a pride moment for both of you, I think, at that point. So, all right, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to hear from uh, – speaking of emotions in football, uh, Leonard Fournette talk about his journey uh, to the Super Bowl. Uh, very poignant moments last night in his postgame press conference. Um Bruce Arians talked about that today. We'll hear from Bruce. We'll hear from Fournette. So much more coming your way. James Brown, CBS Sports. Stay with us. Coming back at you. Let's get back to the show. It's only just begun. More with J.P. Peterson. Powered by FanStream Sports on the Big 8. All right, welcome back. Don't forget the Black Rock 
brunch is all the rage these days. Eighteen ninety nine bottomless mimosas, bottomless Bloody Marys. I think you have to choose one or the other. And you get your entree. Great food. Made to order omelets. Um, all different types of waffles. The best of, of breakfast and brunch, plus the bottomless mimosas or Bloody Marys. And, of course, they have a great special as well for their date nights. Um, it's a trio for two. includes two of their signature steaks, a side and a dessert for just $29.99. That's a cheap date right there. And it's great food. The Black Rock Experience, unlike any other, where you get to cook your food right there on that 755-degree lava rock. Absolutely fantastic. So uh, try it out if you have not. Special occasions or just going to watch a game. Great place to watch a game and sit at the bar and enjoy the great Black Rock Experience. Black Rock Bar and Grill, two locations, one in Carrollwood, one in Brandon. And um, go see them. Tell them JP sent you. They're doing great business, by the way. Business is up big time. Uh, Obviously because of this promotional campaign they do right here that's the biggest reason and also uh, but even really with, good food even since before that right when they were handing out during covid uh meals and stuff that's like right that. they did uh i think you know that's that's what a, so many of our sponsors are so great in what they do in the community the golden diamond source italiano insurance all of them they're always big in the community and and blackrock stepped up and literally gave out tens of thousands of meals to frontline workers and and law enforcement and and people repay that, you know, when they get their jobs back and things get back to normal and the restaurant opens, they go back and they enjoy the great food. That's the community doing the whole uh, the whole circle there, you know, everybody taking care of everybody. And we need more of that these days, no doubt. All right, uh, let's welcome in another uh, big-time Buccaneer fan that was in Lambeau Field yesterday. We're the only ones that didn't go. Good God. Yeah. Uh, Dev Daddy, um, you are uh, all over Channel 8, Channel 13. You're like... You're huge, bro. You're like the, the the patron saint of Tampa Bay sports now. I guess that just means I have to get a Super Bowl ticket now, right? Yeah. How are you going to do that? <laughs> I don't know. You're, don't know you're pretty resourceful. Out, so. I'll give it to you, bro. You're pretty damn resourceful. So I don't put anything past you. But I don't. You know, I I know you. You know, you you make good money and all that. But twenty four k for a ticket? No way. Yeah, I'm I not, ain't paying, I'm not that. paying for it. If I can get it for face, I can definitely. Make it happen, but not 24K. Yeah, good luck with that. The Tampa Superfan sells the <laughs> ticket given to him for $28,000. No. Would you Would you sell it if you got a ticket? No chance. Hell no, man. never. Not even a question in my mind. There's yeah. no way I would sell it. No. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. What are you going to do when I'm your deathbed and go? Remember when I got that twenty grand for the uh, uh, for that ticket and the Bucks won the Super Bowl and I wasn't there? No, you don't say that on, right. your, on your deathbed. Never. No. So I how was the trip? Yesterday, oh my gosh, man! It was—I—I I, I feel like I'm in a dream. Honestly, it's just been an unreal trip. Everybody here is, you know, very, very nice. And um, I did have one—one one encounter with a fan that was a little salty. Mm-hmm. He was talking trash about Tom Brady, but I said—I I checked him, told him that he had six rings and yours only has one. So <laughs> shut your mouth, keep it going. Yeah. But other than that, it was a—it uh, was great. They um. They said there were sixty five hundred fans, or they sold that many tickets. They oh. completely lied. There was at least there was at least like ten thousand in there. Good. And they gave everybody a sign, um, and they would just bang them on the bleachers. So it was like it Heard was hostile. That. Like it was it was very very loud. Was it cold? No, like it was way colder the night before. Um, I was worried, but then right when game time started, like the sun came out and it was like perfect. It was probably like thirty one, thirty two degrees kickoff perfect 
They yeah. were great. As, as I said all during the week, and people who are in the media was trying to make such a big deal out of the weather. I'm like, are you kidding me? In January, this is we're getting a break here. Uh, no, very little wind. It wasn't windy at all, right? No, like zero, zero wind. So it's like, there you go. I kept tweeting. I was like, don't listen to the national media. Like, there's no wind. There's a little yeah. bit of snow flurries like two hours before game time. But other than that, like, they had all the snow gone from the stadium. Like, it was perfectly fun. Yeah, I think I showed Johnny a picture of what Sports Center tweeted and what Rick Stroud tweeted. And it was two minutes apart. Rick Stroud tweeted the whole. Uh, it was like just bright sunny on the field, mm-hmm. like twenty two minutes before kickoff, and Sports Center. It was all snow. Yeah, like, I was just like, saying. Come on, there oh you my go. Good is this? <laughs> there you go. That's in the national come media on. in a nutshell, right there. Perfect. So, what was your uh, what was your favorite moment of the game or uh, part of the experience? The memory you'll you'll cherish. Honestly, when we took that final knee, and I just kind of like blacked out from there. I started crying. Um, <laughs> Just having like my friends there, my girlfriend there, like just being there to to experience that, um, it was awesome. And then after the game, we went over by the buses. Uh, someone gave us their championship hat. I don't even know who it is. Uh, so we got a championship hat, nice. and then um, we were talking to Bruce a little bit, like he was in the bus, but you know he could hear us yelling. And I was like, "Hey, Bruce, take a shot, take a shot." And he had the crown. He had the crown bottle right in front of him with a with a white cup. It was yeah. like a coffee cup, but it was not coffee. But uh, he took a shot right after that. So it was, I don't know. And the whole the whole thing was it's so surreal. Yeah, I mean, this is this is, you know, back I, I go back to January when you know we started talking about Brady coming to the box and and then you know that came true and everybody was like this is unbelievable and then it's like you start putting two and two together look at this defense look at the look at the weapons they have they got a legit shot to get this done but it's still you know so many teams think that right but this this right. fairy tale continues it's just it's it's crazy and now you're going to play in your own stadium and with a ch- I think a very good chance to win the Super Bowl this is just you know it's <laughs> It's unbelievable. You can't make it up. Like, just can't. think about the run that we've had, the, we, the run that Tampa sports has had. Like, yeah. Think about all the years of just average teams, below average teams, and then now they pick you know, 2020 and 2021 to be like all good at the same time. Like, This has been an unreal um, run, and I'm going to remember it for the rest of my life, and I, I hope everybody else does because um, this has been unbelievable. Yeah, it's 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 been great. Well, um, I'm glad you got a chance to experience Lambeau uh, in that in that uh, atmosphere for that historic moment. Uh, something you'll never ever forget. Are you still in Green Bay? You're still stuck there? Yes. Yeah. We're uh, <laughs> our flight doesn't leave till five, so um, we got a quick layover in uh, Detroit. I hope we make it on time, or else we're going to be stuck in Detroit for the night. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, you don't want to be stuck there. That's for damn sure. All right, well, thanks for calling in, buddy. Appreciate it, and uh, safe travels on the way home. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Go Bucks. Keep us posted on that uh, that ticket, Super Bowl ticket. Good luck with that. That's going to be, like, bizarre. Who 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 gets tickets? How much do they pay? Yeah. It, usually, like, $50,000 $50, for a pair of tickets. Come on, Tampa. Show your support. Some of them are 50000 a apiece. 50000 a apiece? Yes. Somebody told me yesterday that, like, the club-level seats, like, in the middle, where, like, all the press boxes and stuff are, supposed to be, like, 100000 That's just stupid. That's just stupid. I mean, I want to go, <laughs> go to the game, but my let's, goodness. Let's stay home. It's going to be a Met Gala. Yeah. yeah probably crazy. have more fun 
outside the stadium than I would inside. No, no doubt, no doubt. Um, all right, let's uh, let's listen in on a little bit of Leonard Fournette talking about the journey. Um, you know, for a cat that was the fourth overall pick, um, shipped out of Jacksonville. You know, came here sitting on the bench, wasn't playing well, to be quite honest. Um, it's and then for him to be such a force in these playoffs, he's totaled 313 yards in the playoffs in the entire regular season. He had 325. You know, it's just part of him stepping up his game and the Bucks kind of realizing their identity within him. Playoff Lenny. Playoff Lenny. Got to love it. Let's listen in to uh, him talk about the journey. That feels good uh, just to be a part of being a Buck. You know what I mean? And uh, he's a great one. You know, uh, I just thank God. I just thank God every day. Uh, you know, I, I was crying for like 30 minutes a couple minutes ago on the phone with my mom my dad. And uh, uh, it's about my journey. You know, uh, first from Jacksonville, from, from jail, for me going to jail, uh, for me getting cut. And uh, I think it's just a, it's a wonderful story how it's playing out. You know, I come here, uh, had hopes being a starter. Then it didn't work out. Uh, had up and down, was up and down this whole season. And uh, with guys like Brady, uh, Shady, uh, Coach T Mac, uh, even Coach Ba, you know, um, we had we had our personal talks, you know. And he asked me during the duration of the season, where do I see myself or where do I want to be. You know, because uh, don't get me wrong, I was upset uh, plenty of games after, plenty of times after the games for me not getting the ball or anything. So uh, he just had, he sat down and had a real talk with me and I just had to get my mind right. We'll go to Scott Reynolds. That's really, that's really cool. Remember he was yeah, a healthy and active. on that win. Yep. Uh, can you, it was tough sledding for the running game today, but can you talk about that big touchdown run you had with the spin move and getting into the end What zone? a run. Uh, just had to make a play. Magic moment. That's all. Uh, God giving me these, these instincts and I just use them. You know, uh, the old line blocked the tails off. Uh, Mike uh, got a one block, made another block, and uh, I just make a couple guys mix, mix, mix I mean, miss and uh, touchdown. That'll go, we'll go down Kevin O'Donnell. with the all star run as the best run. In hey, Leonard, congratulations. Sure. You know, when uh, Tom signed here and the kind of an all star cast was put together, there was a lot of talk that, hey, you guys could get to the Super Bowl. But when did that talk turn into real belief inside the team that this was achievable? Uh, after the Saints game. Uh, we just know the history of the Bucks and the Saints and how the Bucks uh, came shot every time against the Saints, you know. And uh, my biggest thing, uh, I came in, you know, I, I know what I bring to the table. And my biggest thing was to a lot of the guys, you don't get this, you don't get this moment. It don't come back to you. You know, it's hard to make it to the playoffs. It's hard to make this run. I told them just every trial they go through, every trial they go through, any problem they got, leave it on the field. You know what I mean? Uh, let it be noticed during your play, during practice. And uh, that's what we did. Uh, we came out with the W. Time for a few more. We'll go to Joey Knight. So true. Leonard, y'all had fans in the stands there today, Lambeau Field. How much did this feel like an actual road game? I felt like it was cheating. To me, it was more than 9,000 people. It was loud. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, it was loud at times. But uh, way more. it's good to have that environment. You know, it felt like a real, real football game to have the fans there. So uh, it was big. Our last one will come from Jenna Lane. Homer away, they love the fans. Hey, Leonard, just to follow up um, from what I asked you a few minutes ago, you said you you sat down and kind of needed to get your mind right. Who who was that that sat down with you and talked to you? Nah, uh, well, I went in the shower away from everybody where everybody was partying and stuff. And uh, I sat down and called my mom and my dad. Uh, 
because they're the ones who've been there uh, the whole time from when I got cut, uh, when I came here. You know, they, they they understand me and they know how much I love football. And uh, when things was going my way, that my mama, my mama kept telling me, you know, God's going God's gonna to make way for you. You know, and that way wound up being at the end of the season, during the playoffs. And uh, I'm just thankful for my journey, uh, this lesson, whatever the case may, may be. You know, uh, hopefully whatever was out there on my name, hopefully it changed. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I'm not the asshole that they say I was. Uh, mm-hmm. Things like that. I just love football and I love winning. That's about it. Well, I tell you That's what, it. that you know, Leonard Fournette, you know, he, he definitely had a had a public perception of him that was very negative, very, very negative. And and I think to some degree from what I heard, um, you know, to for some people I know in Jacksonville that work with you know, work with and around the team, that it was pretty accurate. It was pretty accurate. And, you know, people get humbled in life and you know, I think a lot of times you are you you know, you grow up a certain way, you get put into the limelight at such a young age, um, and every you're catered to in every way. It changes people. I think it's human nature. It's not a negative thing on on Leonard. It happens to everybody that goes through that situation, and you have to learn how to deal with it. Um, you know, when you get all these fame and the riches, and you know, something you've never had before, it's it can be hard to deal with. It can be you know, you're surrounded by a lot of people that are users that bring you you know, take you down bad paths, um, and you you have to ultimately realize it's it's up to you to change it and. Boy, he humbled himself, and you can hear it in his voice right there how thankful he is. You know, clearly his faith, getting back to his faith, has helped him. I think that's a big part of it. Uh, family clearly played a big role. And I just think it's one of the greatest things about sports when you see guys come through those trials and tribulations and come out the other side better people, better teammates, and accomplish things. It's um, it's a great story. It's inspirational. And it's, you know, it's one that, we should celebrate, no doubt. Leonard Fournette's a perfect example of that. I find it crazy how some of the <laughs> Brady's teammates or some of the some of the like Leonard Fournette, A B, yeah. JPP and uh LaShawn McCoy are some of the players that like, Brady's actually like faced and beat in the playoffs these last ten years or so. Yeah. Because JPP was part of that Giants team when they won. And he takes him under their wing and and now, now he's about to win him a ring. Yeah, it's just a, a record, real recognized real. Around. Yeah, real recognized real. Yeah. Right. What I say is crazy because the Fournette was just playing with the Jags in the AFC Championship game that Brady beat him in. Yeah, and, and the then, Jags could have won. Yeah, and then was, wasn't Shady McCoy on that Kansas City team two years ago when Kansas City lost to New England at home and, yeah, in the AFC very, Championship game? Yeah, so I mean, I think it, so, yeah. it's insane. Like you look at some of these teammates and how like it's all connected. But you know, isn't it interesting how? You can get with Brady, and look look at AB. Yeah, we haven't heard a peep from him. We haven't seen him on social media. He's been a model citizen. Same with Fournette. Now these are grown ass men that you know. You find Brady just has a, a way, and it's not just Brady. It's it's the culture. It's the culture. And I said this last year. Ba was changing the culture, and I firmly believe he was. And then you know, he brings Brady in. It completely finishes the deal, and. We're going to hear from Bruce Arians here in our 5 o'clock hour, and he's going to talk about the culture and Brady and Fournette. It's a really, really interesting part of his interview from today, and um, we'll play that a little bit later on. All right, quick break. Uh, when we come back, James Brown, CBS Sports. He'll be hosting the Super Bowl for CBS. Um, had a great conversation with him earlier today. It's the first time we're going to play this, and uh, he has very interesting things to say about Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, so many. Stay with us.
Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP. All right, well, welcome back. Uh, we're going to be bringing you A-list celebrities, stars, sports broadcasters for the next couple of weeks. Uh, brought to you Charles Davis from uh, CBS Sports and Fox Sports and the Madden game. You all know him from that. And uh, right now, one of my favorite interviews I've done in a while, uh, James Brown, the three-time Emmy Award-winning host of the NFL on CBS. Uh, we had a great conversation earlier today on many, many fronts, not only from football to unity in America. And um, I want you to enjoy it now. Here we go. James in Brown. Tampa Bay, he is the great James Brown. James, how are you, partner? Well, since you and I had such a great conversation prior to recording here, I'm going to act a little bit of juvenile because I'm getting excited about the upcoming Super Bowl as well and just say, JP! So thank you very much for having me on board. And look, this may well be a conversation where I'm going to be picking your brains because who knows the squad better than those who've been following them all year long and know all the nuances. So I'm looking forward to this. Well, thank you so much for that, James. I, I really appreciate that. And I have been covering this team for 22 years. I've been credentialed media, so I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, I was there in San Diego when they won the Super Bowl, um, and we've been through a lot of a lot of bad football since. But uh, I will say this: um, right after last season, when Jameis threw his his last pick to end it, uh, we were on we were on the show saying Brady's coming to Tampa Bay. In January, we're like Brady's coming to Tampa Bay, and he's going to he's going to take us to the Super Bowl. And people thought we were crazy, but we put two and two together, and you know Bruce Arians was very confident <laughs> about getting him here. So, and it's happened. I mean, how did from your perspective, you've seen it all. How does this storyline rank in the annals of, of NFL football? Got to be honest, and we were discussing maybe not in the context of the annals, but looking myopically at selfishly what we're going to be dealing with as the host broadcaster we could not be more thrilled to mm-hmm. be clear any of the four teams or two of the four the other two who passed a loss um you know missed that opportunity they could easily have been there and made for a great storyline as well but i think by all standards this is the exceptional mm-hmm. storyline you've got the greatest young quarterback playing right now uh, what, age 25 and mm-hmm. what he's done and looking at his trajectory. I mean, the kid is, I know until we come up with a better example or comparison, he is Michael Jordan-esque mm-hmm. in what he has been doing. And Tom Brady, is there any doubt as to why folks call him the GOAT? Even though from an athlete's standpoint, one may say, what does he do that's so extraordinary? He's not out there doing you know, the acrobatics and doing the sensational. Uh, no, what he's doing is winning mm. sensationally <laughs> as one of the best prepared quarterbacks to ever lace him up and playing at home for the Super Bowl the first time in the history of the Super Bowl. I think, and, and plenty more, there are some great storylines there. Yeah. You know, James, you've been around the greatest um, uh, achievers uh, of our lifetime, uh, not only from a sports standpoint, from but from a political standpoint. 
uh, and celebrities. But Tom Brady is a different kind of cat. You know, I've had a chance to to observe him a little closer this year, even though we're doing all Zoom interviews. But um, just the, the reports of how he leads and his leadership style, it transcends football. I mean, I think he'll do great things even after football. But what is your take on why Tom Brady is different? How has he been able to accomplish this? First of all, I love what you said, and that's probably the biggest thing that stands out. He is a leader. Mm. But what are the elements that lead to being acknowledged as such? People will talk about the fundamentals of the game and why it's so important to internalize the fundamentals. Why do players at that level, this may be a little too fundamental or trite even, why do they practice? Because Mm. you're sharpening and internalizing the basic skills of the game to make certain that you don't have to think about it. Many yep. people will say, well, no, 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 they're just gifted. That's natural. There's no such thing as natural. <laughs> that way, those things are internalized as a result of understanding, breaking it down, and then working on it over and over and over again, and then making them appear to be second nature because it's not by rote memorization. You're mm-hmm. doing it because it's now, we call it instinctive, but you've had to work to do that. Tom Brady, look. Are you scared of him if he gets outside of the pocket? Do you think he's going to embarrass you if he's running downfield and he's got to shake past a couple of linebackers or DBs? No. But what does he do in the worst possible way from an athlete standpoint is you can be embarrassed because he's out thinking you. He's been in that film room, and I know we use the old word film. He's been in that film room studying. It is second nature to him. There is nothing that replaces Preparation and hard work, a word for students Mm -hmm. in terms of preparing for the game of life, that's what he does. You don't find them blitzing Tom Brady that often. No quarterback likes to be pass rushed because, I mean, please, for the obvious reasons. And, you know, his escapability is certainly not historic in that regard, though he's mastered the subtleties of stepping up. But he will burn you. Mm -hmm. If you're looking to blitz him, he'll burn you. If you're not blitzing him and can't get to him with the front four, he will burn you again because he studied it and it's all internalized. Look here, I could follow him because the kid has certainly proven yep. he's a leader. In so many ways. Uh, James Brown joining us here, uh, NFL on CBS. He will be hosting the Super Bowl in beautiful Tampa Bay. Are you excited about coming to our home here, partner? I mean, it's nice and warm. You're going to love hey, it here. Hey, now I'm going to talk about something that maybe is older <laughs> than you. When I broke into play-by-play, I was doing Buccaneers games. Uh, way back in the day, Vinny Testaverde being there. My first NFL call was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Atlanta Falcons. And that was, again, I did not play the game. I played basketball, but certainly I love football. And in my first game, I said that a running back handed off, the ball was handed off by Steve DeBerg. (laughs) And the running back, I think it was James Wilder, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Who was at the 40. Then he was at the 45. He's at the 50. He's at the 55. He's tackled at (laughs) the 60-yard line. My producer got in the air and said, JB, there's no such thing as a 60-yard line. Go to commercial. (laughs) And then I compounded the mistake by looking up at the uh, time uh, on the stadium clock, which I wasn't supposed to do. We should have looked at it on the TV monitor. And I said, well, we're going to step aside for a quick timeout with eight minutes and 99 seconds left in the third (laughs) period of play. Compounded the mistake. So when I came back, my partner covered for me. Uh, He played football at Harvard when I was there playing basketball. 
And he said, in case you heard JB say there were eight minutes and 99 seconds left in the game, he just wanted to check you out intellectually to see if you could make the conversion <laughs> to realize there were nine minutes and 39 seconds left in the game. Thank God that game was only being televised oh. to the Piggly Wiggly around the corner and the TV <laughs> truck. So. Yep. You are a man mm. secure in your career to to share that story right there. Oh, it's a true story. Oh. And hey, from whence I have come. Mm-hmm. I once had a man start up a chainsaw in my sports cast in Tallahassee, and I had to walk outside and tell him to turn it off so I could do my sports cast. So. Isn't that something? <laughs> I know those. I know those circumstances. <laughs> James Brown joining us here, and James, just this Buccaneer team and and the way Brady has been able to bring them together. And and we said this the last couple of weeks. This is not just Brady. This was a team win. The defense came up with some huge turnovers and huge stops. Uh, you talk about the offensive line that's just been been phenomenal and physical. Uh, Fournette had a run for the ages uh, yesterday. It was tremendous. So this is not just Brady. I mean, he's the headliner, but this is a really good football team. Agreed? Hey, JP, can I say thank you very much? Because it truly is a team game. Yeah. And only some of those that you just pointed out. Look, Bruce Arians, I'm, you know, I worked with him for a year here at CBS. Didn't get a chance to get up close and personal with him throughout because he was doing yeah. games. But to see what he's done, recognizing what he brings to the table as a CEO, mm-hmm. recognizing whatever the health challenges are, he went out and got two. Now, I know there's an awful lot of talk about the lack of uh, uh, inclusion and diversity in terms of the hirings yes, uh, of head coaches. But look at what he's done in having hired Todd Bowles, who we had a relationship with, of course, and Byron Leftwich. You know, of course, he has to rubber stamp what the game plan is, but he hired those guys mm-hmm. to bring the excellence to the table that they have and to get it done. Number two, John Madden was the one who taught me when I was learning the game of football that, you know what, a team that might be championship caliber and poised to go for that kind of run usually might be missing one or two pieces to put into the puzzle to then go on the run. Look at the number of disparate elements and pieces that they pulled together there in Tampa Bay, Mm. coupled with the fact this was a season like none other with the COVID precautions, no preseason, limited off-season kinds of practices. So these coaches and the coaching staff have to learn on the job what kind of team that they have. They're going to go through the normal ups and downs. So when you look at the number of pieces that he's pulled together on both sides of the ball, remarkable Mm. job done by Arians and his staff, his talented staff, to get to this point. I mean, keep in mind now, Brady still threw three second-half picks, and they still overcame it, and it is about overcoming. So many people want to see a perfect game. It's played by human beings. It's coached by human beings. It's refereed by that, and they have persisted in certainly leadership, starting with Bruce Arians and clearly some extraordinary coordinators and others They've gotten it done, so I just want to give some credit to the yeah. team as a whole. Overcoming, mm-hmm. you know, you know, James, you mentioned inclusion. James Brown joining us here from CBS uh, Sports, um, and I think the Buccaneers, if I'm not mistaken, are the only franchise that has hired three African American head coaches. And uh, Tony Dungy, who we, a good friend, and we love him so much, still lives here. Lovey Smith, great man, and Raheem Morris, who hopefully will get another shot somewhere else soon. Uh, I think he deserves it. And you know, Bruce Aaron's hiring two female coaches this year. I mean, and, and I, I got to tip my cap to the ownership, the Glazers, who have, you know, have allowed uh, this franchise to be one of the most progressive in that way. And I think, you know, I think it's worked out very well for them when you look at the history with, I mean, Lovey and Raheem had some issues winning games, but Tony 
put this franchise on a whole new uh, trajectory. And what Bruce is doing, I think, is taking it to another level. And with respect to the aforementioned prior to Coach Arians, yes, and even teams that have experienced some difficulties, if you look at the great coaches without going through the litany on the list, those who've had some difficulties, Bill Belichick certainly comes to mind. But what they've learned from that, Mike Shanahan is another one that comes to mind, what they've learned from those experiences to get those second chances Mm -hmm. and to capitalize on, isn't that the game of life as well, which, which mirrors that? So absolutely, and Bruce Arians, I mean, he has blown me away with what he's done, but he reminds me of Jimmy Johnson, with whom I worked when I was at Fox, uh, hosting a Fox NFL Sunday, co-hosting with Terry Bradshaw, that Jimmy Johnson sat up there, and I was watching the way he was critiquing these games, and you knew that he didn't like leaving the sport the way he did after what he did, such a remarkable, now recognized as Hall of Fame worthy with the Dallas Cowboys, clearly a sensational job, you know, and he wanted to go back to make certain that it was out of his system. Bruce Arians mm-hmm. certainly has capitalized yeah. on that. But the Glazers have done a remarkable job, and I think it certainly started with an outstanding person, coach, uh, and professional, uh, and man of faith, Tony Dungy, who set the – I mean, he's still yeah. there. He has he – he didn't, he didn't like being let go. He thought they did it too soon. Yes, Gruden came and capitalized and won the championship with the players, as Gruden says – that Tony built there, yep. but Tony is a unique character, a unique professional and person, a uh, man of faith, who certainly I think the Glazers learned a lot from, and look at what it has borne fruit with now. And, mm-hmm. and, and they they continue to consult him on, on a lot of different things, which I think is great. James Brown joining us here. Listen, you're, you've been so great with your time. If I could just ask one more question, it's kind of a a personal uh, a crusade of mine, and that's uh, mm-hmm. here locally, is to bring unity to our community and to the nation as well, and we need to heal. And I, I've always seen you as one of the great voices of America, and I think so many people look up to you. And I'm, if you could give a message to America right now and maybe something that we'll, we'll see within the Super Bowl show of unity, because I do think we're, 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 we are divided, but I think we are, we all want the same things. We all want the same things. And I'm, uh, I just, the message of unity needs to be heard. What would you say on that to America right now, James? Hey, JP, first of all, can I say thank you so very much for this opportunity? Because that is priority number one with me. I've learned, uh, I'm very close to Tony Dungy. um, And we talk, you know, almost daily. Um, I certainly believe the answer is that which many of us spoke to when CBS had the segments on, it's almost like a, a more perfect union, if you will, and mm. it's all of us, uh, we're all in this together. The fact of the matter of this, I don't know why we run away from it, because maybe it just sounds too altruistic, it's unattainable. Love is mm. the answer. The always. old expression that people say, I don't care how much you know until you show me how much you care. You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 know I, I, I don't care how much you know until you show me how much you care. Yes. And that's the bottom line. Love is a choice. And when we talk about teams and team chemistry, football is a wonderful example, a microcosm of what society is like. And when those guys don't care, when you look at somebody, don't tell me that you don't see color, is what do you see when you see color? Or somebody from a different cultural background Mm. or different socioeconomic status. When they put that uniform on, they're all one fighting in one direction. There's a biblical expression, I'll close with this, that says every joint supplies. Every part of the body, which is the example that's used there, plays a significant role. The little finger has as important a role in the fervent, effectual working of that whole body as the head does or the kneecap 
or any part of the body like that. When teams recognize that, Bill Belichick says, do your job. When each are doing their job for the love of the team and a common goal, we can take notes from what sports has provided because sports has been a platform that has moved the social needle forward. But what's key is that you not only love, care, and respect somebody, but that you truly love them in a brotherly fashion and because they are worthy of it, then you can make mountains move. Oh, yeah. James. Now that uh, right there is <clears throat> that's good stuff. Really appreciate James Brown coming on the show. Um, I've known him for a little while and, and been a huge fan of his work and even, even more as a, as a human being. Um, another great guest coming our way right now, the great Bruce Gradkowski, former Buccaneers quarterback, one of my favorite people on the planet as well. What's up, partner? How are you? Hey, what's up, my man? You know, sure, I, I'll get pushed, you know, for <laughs> James Brown. He's, uh, honestly, he's such a stud. You know, he when is. I went to the broadcast boot camp, the guy is so smooth uh-huh. and just a genuine dude, and, and I learned so much from him there. Um, I must must not learn too much from sitting here talking to you, though. <laughs> <laughs> ditto, brother, ditto. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I didn't follow in his footsteps like I had hoped to do. Nah, he's a, he's a great dude. And don't, don't sell yourself short. You're, you're quite the broadcaster. Absolutely. I don't, I don't, think, know, well, I don't think we're going to be on CBS anytime soon, but we're doing all right. We're doing all right. <laughs> well, look, I mean, we just love watching ball. That's I mean, right. You know, and, How'd you like that game uh, yesterday, the Bucks game? Oh, man. Yeah, it was, it was just awesome. I mean, both games, I, but that Bucks game was so exciting. I mean, Brady with five big-time throws. I mean, the guy is just – he's just amazing. I mean, and I can't help that, to just keep thinking – about what he has done in his career, ten trips to the Super Bowl. I mean, <laughs> you have to be kidding. You have to be kidding me. I mean, it's and then to do it in Tampa. Like, look, they have a good football team, so I don't want to discredit, right. discount mm-hmm. the rest of the guys for sure. All I'm saying though is that's the importance of leadership, whether it's the head coach, whether it's the quarterback, because the quarterback is an extension of the head coach on the field and off the field, and you got to lead by example and. That is, this year has been a demonstration of leadership and how important it is to have the right guys at the top. And with Bruce Arians, and they bring over, you know, Brady, and you see the impact he has made, not not only on the field. I mean, on the field stuff is awesome. But in the locker room, the minute Tampa signed him, as a player, you're like, we got a chance. And it just raised the level Mm -hmm. of play from everyone and level of expectation. You know, it's it's so well said, and and uh, when I've been talking about this kind of part of my monologue today was the difference in leadership between Rodgers and Brady, and I think it manifested itself in the game yesterday. Um, and I don't want to rip on Aaron Rodgers, but it just seems like, you know, one guy's got six rings for a reason, and the other guy's got one. And he, Rodgers is an incredible talent, but you know, even in the post game interview, it just seemed like it's more about him. I don't think he took a lot of responsibility because he didn't play that well. That last series, he had opportunity. He had Devontae Adams wide ass open, and he missed him. I mean, Devontae could have made the play. I get it. Yeah. I mean, you you analyze those plays. What do you think about his plays yeah. today? Well, I, I thought yesterday he was kind of not trusting the concepts, and he was getting off reads too fast. He took some mm. unnecessary sacks, and that was just some you know the causes of it. You know, getting off your progression, maybe 
uh, not trusting it. And, you know, you got to give Tampa Bay's defense credit, you know, yes. how fast they are moving around the different looks and all that, getting pressure around them. But I just felt like, oh, um, this wasn't making enough plays, you know, just not kind of what he's done all season long. What did you think about that last series, um, you know, the the first, second, and third down? I mean, the third down, it looked like he had room to run for the touchdown, and he throws back across the grain to a guy that's double-covered. That's very unlike him, but that it goes to the pressure, yeah. right? You know, it's, it's tough, man, because you're trying to make the big play, and sometimes at that point in the game where you know every single snap is vitally important, at times you could do too much, you know, and uh, it, it, I don't think it's the pressure that got to him as much as, like, the pressure of the game situation. I just think mm. when he pushed up and he's scrambling, he's thinking, i got to get it out. i got to make a play. And so he's forcing the throw instead of naturally making a play mm. with his legs because we've seen him do it time oh. and time again, make some scrambles yeah. with his legs. And, look, I mean, that's tough, man, because as, as a former player, when you watch that film the next day, there's so many plays that come bite, come back and bite you, and just you, you can't sleep at night, you know, because you're like, man, if I could have that one back, or if I could do that differently. Even when you win the game, that happens, but when, when you win, it's easier to swallow. Yeah, no doubt. Bruce Gradkowski joining us here from Pro Football Focus grades every throw. You said five big time throws for Brady, the one to Scotty Miller, no doubt. Um, the one to Cameron Bray for a touchdown, that was pretty good. The one to Evans for a touchdown, the first one, that was pretty damn good. Um, well, just pick out a few of the plays that you sure. love from Brady. Yeah, I mean, he, he showed them all. I mean, you remember the seam down the middle oh. to Johnson that yes. he dropped. You know, he should have had that. Um, so that's there's just different type of throws, right? You got the yeah. deep ball. You got an intermediate throw that he's drilling it. Um, you know, just kind of really has done it all. Look, he's he has 10 big-time throws through the playoffs. That's most most uh, by any quarterback. Um you know, in this playoff run. So it's just, it's, it's been fun to watch him. And the thing that's so impressive with Brady too, is just how genuine and humble he is. Yeah. You know, he's standing yeah. up there on the podium last night. He doesn't want all that attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, it's kind of like, look, this is great. Can we get someone else up here? Like, because I think he hears it too much yeah. that it's all because of him that they're back. And he understands how important and, you know, the team is like the football's ultimate team game. But I just think I keep going back to the leadership component mm-hmm. and what Brady brings on and off the field. I mean, Bruce Arians said, right, I let, I let the guy coach. I let him go. And that's how important he's been and the great addition he's been to this team. But, man, how about the way that defense has been Ooh. playing? You know, but that's what, that's what I mean. You just Everyone has raised their level of play, and it's just it's awesome to see. So the three picks by Brady, um, where, where do you come down on those? Because – some of them looked ugly, but to your trained eye, I'm, I'm sure there was more to it. Yeah, you know, the one, Fournette did a bad job. Um, a bl- he's yeah. got to go right He's got to go right now to pick up the blitz. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and sometimes those are tough. You know, I, I'm not saying it's an easy pickup by Fournette. You know, you're looking at your other blitz keys and who's coming, and uh, Fournette probably just missed him too late. So he went to the left side of Brady and had to get back underneath Brady. So, you know, Brady had to throw it early. He was forced to throw it early, just underthrew it. 
I thought Mike Evans could have done a better job maybe trying to break that up. But, he didn't get his head around. Uh, he wasn't looking back. He, right. Yeah. Right. He, you know, but he's also expecting it downfield. Yeah. And, um, you know, that one. So, and then the other ones, look, he, he tried to hold the safety, another goal ball, mm-hmm. um, and the safety made a great play, just got over there in time. Uh, and, and those things happen, but I'll tell you what, like, I think he he could get away with those because of the other big time throws he's making. You know, if if you're taking so many dink and dunk opportunities and then you're turning the ball over a few times, yeah, that's not that's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. But since he's making big plays downfield, a few turnovers they were able to overcome. What did you think of uh, the other game, Josh Allen and Mahomes? Give me a, a, some thoughts on how they played. I just, I mean, Mahomes is so special. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just. I mean, talk about a smooth operator, you know, I mean, never panics, you know, he moves and drifts and glides around that pocket and mm. um, can sling it from every different type of arm angle. Uh, so he's, he's just so fun to watch. I, I honestly, I kind of thought the Bills might have a chance to win this one because yeah, I too. thought they would be able to get after Mahomes. And, uh, but Josh Allen, you know, Josh Allen, there's too many of those place from the past where force throws in there, not the best decisions, taking the unnecessary long uh, sacks yeah. uh, that kind of hurt. And um, But, hey, man, I, I just think Josh Allen, the season he has had, it's, it's just been fun to watch. I mean, the guy's a big dude, unbelievable arm, can make every throw. He's athletic outside the pocket. He made some really nice plays with his legs last night. Mm. Um but, you know, that Chiefs team, man, Tyreek Hill, they just have way too many weapons. Wow. And Kelsey, I mean, that's the thing about this thing. We can look ahead to um, the matchup with the Bucks now and the Super Bowls. We're talking with Bruce Gradkowski, pro football focus, former Bucks quarterback. I mean, everybody wants to cover Kelsey. Everybody wants to cover Tyreek Hill. Uh, that's the game plan. But yet, they're always open. I mean, how much of that is Andy Reid? How much right. of that is their talent to get open? What, what? And the Bucks certainly didn't have an answer for him earlier. Yeah. Well, I think it's a mix of both. I mean, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy do a great job designing plays and scheming against the defense, getting their guys in open open uh, holes in the zone and this and that. And with the shifts and the motions, there's just a lot going on on that offense. So for defense, you have to be very detailed on where your eyes are looking um, and your assignment. And then Tyree Kill, I mean, you look, he ran a, a simple quick out. Yeah. And the just speed and explosiveness that he has, the DB comes up to tackle and just misjudges it, and he hits the sideline and he's off for he's thirty. Gone. So, yeah. you know, it's just it's just remarkable uh, to watch. And then you know, yeah, tra- Travis Kelsey to plays he's able to make. You know, so th- that offense is just I enjoy watching that offense because of all the shifts, the motions, the quick screens, the down the field throws. I mean, they really just do it all and. Mahomes is a guy, and Mahomes is another guy, just super humble. Mm-hmm. He's all about the team. I mean, so I really root for, for those guys. It, it's just fun to see Mahomes and Brady in this matchup. Yep. And we talk about a guy that Mahomes is striving to be, right, with yep. all the championships. I mean, there's no one else you're looking at uh, to be besides Tom Brady. The mm-hmm. guy has set the bar so high. He has doubled what Joe Montana's win record in in the playoff. It's it's just Insane. amazing all the accomplishments. So now the young gun Patrick Mahomes gets his opportunity to face the old goat. Will it will it be a passing of the torch or will the old goat hold on for one more? Because yeah, think about it. You know, seven 
because Mahomes is the only one that could it's going to be able to touch Brady uh, in terms of total championships. So either yeah. Brady gets one more and keeps Mahomes forget. That's going to be the difference between who ends up with the most. I bet. Yeah, right. When you think about it down the road, right? So it's either going to no, be six two or seven to one when this one's over. Well, I'm telling you, like uh, Brady won a few early on in his career, so mm-hmm. Mahomes needs it to get going because, yeah. man, it you take it for granted. You know, we have taken Brady's career for granted. I feel like as fans, um, and yeah, so. I think it might be a passing of the torch, though. Who knows? I mean, but I think the way Tampa's defense has been playing, honestly, that's where I go back to. And that's why I think Tampa's got a legit uh, shot at winning the Super Bowl. At home, too, man. That's pretty special. So are you coming down to your old stomping grounds for Super Bowl? PFF sending you down here? Going to buy you a steak dinner or something? I know. I was going to say, can I, you know, uh, sleep in your basement? Yeah, I was gonna sure. Say basement. You, can... you don't got a basement. <laughs> your, your closet, your garage, something. Guest you got room. A bed for we got a guest room, <laughs> Bruce. I mean, we give you. Well, you'll have a real bed, your own bathroom. It's a beautiful thing. Well, I think, I, it's either I you or the girl you, from you, Maxim Party. So I don't know. It's going to be I, tough call. Or I you think, can both stay I in think, there. I don't know how your wife will feel about that, but whatever. We'll make it work. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I figure uh, you live right next to Jeter, so you got that big right. man- mansion, all the money you get paid doing this radio show. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'll tell you, you know what? Why don't you just grab one of the 17 rooms in Jeter's house? Now Brady's house. That's probably better. Yeah. Let, me, let me text Brady when we get off. Yeah. I'll let you know. Uh, he's got plenty of room. It's a little nicer than my spot, but yeah, plenty of room. Yeah. All right, partner. Well, I hope to see you down here, so get your, get your butt on down here. Play yeah, some, thanks, we'll play man. some golf and have some have a beer or two. Hey, that'd be awesome. If, if I do, I'll let you know for sure. 100%. I'm going to take you out. I owe you. All right, my man. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Have a good one. All right. The great Bruce Gradkowski right there from Pro Football Focus. Um, yeah, I'm going to need a couple extra guest rooms the way it's turning out. So, uh, All right, quick break, and then we're going to come back. And um, we'll hear from Bruce Arians. He had a press conference today, some updates on injuries, and some really interesting uh, fun facts about how this team um, has come through their journey this year. So we wanted to play that for you as well. Stay with us. Quick break. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is Unfiltered Pure Sports. Now, more with J.P. Peterson. All right, we'll hear from uh, B.A., here in just a second on his uh, press conference today. I uh, wanted to say uh, welcome aboard to a couple of new sponsors, uh, Glory Days Grill and PDQ, the great chicken place. And they got a couple of really uh, great deals going on for the Super Super Bowl. If you, uh, This is a little bit less expensive than the actual ticket to the Super Bowl at Glory Days Grill. For $25 per person, you'll get a reserved seat and unlimited food from the Glory Days Grill Super Spread Menu. Um, You'll get, of course, tons of TVs, the unlimited food, the best uh, football fans, of course, in Tampa Bay. And that's going to be Sunday, February 7th. It'll start at 5 o'clock for the big game. So if you're looking for a place to watch it, that'll be cool. Now, if you want to do it at home and take the uh, great food to go, Glory Days Grill's going to have their best darn wings. And here's the offer, 20, or I'm sorry, 50 jumbo wings, any style, and you get 24 boneless wings free. So that'll be valid through February 7th. So 50 jumbo wings, any style, get 24 boneless wings free. And that's to go. Go to glorydaysgrill.com. Also, PDQ, 
has joined the Super Bowl sponsorship, and they will be one of our presenting sponsors for all this great Super Bowl coverage that you're getting. And they got a BOGO thing going on with their tender platters at PDQ. I love their tenders. Buy 25 tenders, get 25 tenders free on Saturday, February 6th, or Sunday, February 7th, which is Super Sunday. So um, just call your favorite Tampa Bay area location of PDQ for that Saturday or Sunday, and you get the BOGO special. Uh, you can also do mobile ordering and all kinds of good stuff. So welcome aboard to PDQ and Glory Days Grill. Glad to have you for our Super Bowl coverage the next couple of weeks. All right, 727-518-0820 is the number. Is Todd on? Todd, Baby. my man Todd, what's up, brother? Now, baby, these these advertisers better get on board the the, right? the, the Buccaneer train, baby. Because yeah. after we win the bowl, you know it's going to be too late. Where were you? You know that's what I'm trying to tell. That's what I'm saying. So better get on board. Get congratulations to all your sponsors. Okay, yes, let's get you. down to business. How about that game? How about that game? How about the defense rising up when we needed them to? Okay, and Lafleur still still he will never. That that's a move you can never. Doesn't matter. You can never. You can never overcome. This chip, okay, that was can't. his Chip Beck moment. You that know what I'm talking that, about? Chip Beck. Chip Beck me. in 1993 was that was one stroke behind on the back nine at Augusta. Had 200 yards from the top of the hill on 15, the par five, and he laid up. He laid no. up. Oh my you God. don't lay up, Chip yeah. Beck. That's why you'll always be Chip Beck. Yeah, you, you got Aaron Rodgers. You don't lay up. You don't kick a field goal. Yeah, I know. But I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something in respect to our defense who came to play. You could have gone for it on fourth down and you wouldn't have got it. And if you did get it, you wouldn't have got the two-point conversion. Okay, Sue getting his hand up. On that tip, just 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 touching that ball a little bit when he, he did, Aaron Rodgers hit the guy in the hands. Yep. Okay. Be honest with you, it was twenty eight ten, and the Bucks should have blown him out. Yeah. I'm just okay. It was twenty eight ten, and we let him back in the game. I tell you, the play that saved us was when Brady threw the ball in the ground on on third down and let Suckup hit the forty six yarder. Okay. Because that psychologically gave us, you know, and everybody a, a chance to breathe for a second and mm-hmm. say, hey, you know, and 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 go from there. You know, just just. A team effort, okay? Yeah, yeah. Brady, Brady wasn't his best, but but the defense pulled him out. Brady, you got to take everybody out to eat, okay? You're picking yeah. up the tab, okay? Yeah. You get you, you know, take them to a nice place and tell them, guys, I need you one more time. I need you to give me everything you got and then some, okay? Because to stop my home. Let me let me say something else. Nothing, all that stuff doesn't matter if you don't win two weeks from today on Sunday. You don't win the bowl. All that is window dressing. I don't want to hear nice. No, you get to the dance. You go to the dance and you dance and you go home and you you you, you go home a champion. You, you like consummate that team. relationship. You, is exactly, what you're trying to say. you consummate it, baby. You consummate that and put and crown yourself and crown her. Read too. you loud and uh, clear, partner. There you loud go. I just clear. want to congratulate everybody. I want to say I, I want to say something. Mike Evans. I'm expecting you to make that catch. Yep. Okay. I'm expecting you to make that catch down there. Okay. Yep. We're going against Tyreek. Let me tell these wide receivers something here. Okay. These Kansas. They're trying to hang fifty on you. Okay. Okay. This is a Andy Reid's got a personal vendetta against our Buccaneers. Okay. See Rondé Barber. Okay. So they're going to try and score fifty on you, and this defense better come loaded and ready to go, and 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 pushing and driving. Okay. You know, and 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 knocking people like you know, you know, they say Rogers should have should have ran it and, and, and on third down and, and got what he could, but what happened was. Jason Pierre, Barrett, and even though even though when Todd Bowles called pressure and we may, we may not have gotten there, but by knocking Aaron Rodgers down and off we his, his spot, head. 
We were exactly. in his head. Exactly. You're you can in his see head. it. You're in his I'm head. telling you, Rogers. Right. Rogers is a is a he's kind of a front runner. He's right. good. He's good with the lead. You know, he piles it on. But when right. he you know faces a little bit of adversity, I don't know. I don't right. Know, we, we 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 shut it down when we had to, yeah. and that's what a champion does. Okay. Right. That, a champion finds a way to put a W on the board when things may not look good or things may not go in your way. I just want to congratulate the team, the coaching staff, the the, the pitch reverse to to get the first down to close it out. Gronk, <laughs> you were blocking your ass off all day, and then you got the big screen and you took it for a first down for twenty eight, twenty nine yards, whatever that was. Go. I mean, it's just—it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I want you know—it's just a tremendous victory. The juice is in the air. You can feel the energy. Okay, it's starting to build like a crescendo, and the Bucks will get it done against Kansas City, yeah. thirty-two twenty-eight in a barn burner, and the Bucks will make history. God bless you, brother. All right, thanks, God Todd. bless your Seminoles. Peace. Yeah, Seminoles need some work. Wow, I'm—I'm I'm exhausted after that call. I'm just sitting here listening, <laughs> exhausted. Fire the cannons. Fire the cannons. Got another one like that? I don't know if I can handle it. Probably not. Who's up? Dave from Tampa. Dave, what's up, brother? (laughs) Hey, JP. You don't want to follow that. Or don't even try. We got to rename him Sergeant Todd. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Drill Sergeant Todd, yes. But he he brings it, though. I love uh, it. Man, I'm so excited, uh, JP. I mean, I actually shed a couple tears last night, and I'm sure you did, too, and I'm uh, you mentioned that on on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but real quick, you had uh, JB on a little bit mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. Great guy. I want to tell you a quick story, and this is true. I've got. If anybody ever calls me on it, I got proof. Okay. Back in the eighties, mid eighties, mm-hmm. he was here with Terry Bradshaw doing a game, mm-hmm. and like he told you, he was just getting started out. Yeah. He didn't really know. So I didn't know who he was. The only reason I, I, I knew, I remember him is because he had a big mustache. And he uh, when he said his name was James Brown, I'm thinking, the only other James Brown I know is, <laughs> is the singer. So, And then Terry oh, was with him, and Terry is a character. So I was working at a rent-a-car place, and they had rented a car. They were returning it back on a Sunday evening. I happened to be at work. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I was the shuttle guy. And uh, and I prepped the car. So anyway, picked up the two of them and I take them back to the airport. And I, I remember, and JB will probably remember this too because he stood up for me. Terry was picking on me because I was growing this little peach fuzz mustache. <laughs> and Terry goes, "Boy, where'd you get that mustache? You know what you got to do to get that, right?" And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, and I'm like, I'm in awe because it's Terry Bradshaw. This right. is a right. this is a hero. So JV said, "Oh come on, quick kick picking on the boy. He's he's already uh, you know nervous driving us around. <laughs> so he goes, I'm just messing with him. So uh, oh, but anyway, that's awesome. He's such a I, good dude. I've got the rent a car ticket that I was working on and Terry signed it for me. Um, yeah. So I've got that in a an album. But uh, that was just a quick story. And like I said, it, when JB was telling his story, I'm like, dang, I remember that because." One of those games, he was here with Terry. So, yeah, but, he, he's 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 just some of the best people you'll ever meet, James Brown. He is he, so yeah, good. I was uncomfortable because, shoot, I was only like 20 years old, JP, and I got my hero, Terry, picking on me about my mustache. Wow, that's a great, that's a good story, though, bro. Yeah, yeah. How, about, Jay, how about that game, though? Huh? Come oh, on. geez. Oh, my God. Um, 
I know you got to go, JP, and so do I. But are you still there? Yeah, we're here. Okay. I'm not worried about – I don't want to hear anything about defenses anymore because we were supposed to fail against Washington. We were supposed to fail against the Saints' great no. defense. And Green Bay has a decent defense. That O-line has kept Brady clean yep. 95% of the entire playoffs. So I'm not, not worried about it in this game. I don't want to hear any more about defenses. It's going to be an I'm offensive not, showdown. Yeah, I'm, not, in I'm the, not concerned. Thanks for the call, brother. That's right, a great thanks. story. Um yeah, I'm not worried about the Chiefs' defense. I, they, you know, they've got some playmakers, but the Bucks have a better defense than the Chiefs do, and I think the Chiefs' offense is better than the Bucks' offense. So I think that's what makes this one a, a really, really, really good matchup. Going to be fun. All right, let's uh, listen into a little bit of Bruce Arians from today, if we can. Ba, who's again? I don't think he's gotten the credit he really deserves. I think over this next two weeks. He'll probably uh, be able to get some of that. It's all about Brady, right? And and, and when it was going wrong, it was all Arians' fault. And, uh, you know, even though Brady was certainly struggling himself, um, I think Bruce will hopefully get his due um, in the two-week buildup to this Super Bowl. So let's listen in on today's press availability. The great Bruce. Hey, Coach, I know it's a little bit early, but I didn't know if you had any updates yet on the shoulder injury for Jordan Whitehead. No, it's way too early. And, um, you know, we're going to wait and see. Um, he's a tough, tough guy. And uh, we'll just have to take our time and see how, how it plays out. Huge play he made. And on a separate note, um, what was it like for you coming back to Tampa last night with all the excitement and everything, even at the airport? Uh, did you yourself get a chance to enjoy a little bit of crown afterwards? What was the celebration like in the Arians' house? Yeah, it was really good. I mean, by the time I got home, it was too late. But <laughs> the um, – too late it for was what? just awesome. It's so weird, you know. We take two planes now, so we didn't have the whole team on the same plane. But the uh, the guys on our plane had a good time, and uh, you know the crowd was outstanding. It was unbelievable when we pulled up and uh, saw the mayor and everybody else out there. It was it was great. It was a great feeling to see them so excited. Yeah, when they we'll win the Joey Super- night when they win the Super Bowl, they ain't gonna be flying home. Coach uh, Leonard Fournette got kind of emotional last night just talking about his journey this year. And he said, at some point, he had a heart-to-heart with you. Can you just tell us how proud you are of him and how far he's come this year and just share with us what you care to about that heart-to-heart? Yeah, and it was, uh, you know, it's very, very hard when you're a superstar and, and you're the focal point of an offense and you come to a team and, and you're basically a role player for a while, uh, it's hard. It's a very hard role role to accept, mm. and uh, just told him this, this is this team is special. I mean, and you're a huge part of it. Uh, embrace your role. You never know when your role is going to change, and and then Roe got hurt. You know, he got COVID, then he got hurt, and uh, so yeah, I'm really, really proud of Leonard and, and the way he's handled it. Appreciate it. That's a good we'll Scott Reynolds. Hey, Bruce, when we spoke with you last night, you weren't sure who the opponent was. We now know it's the Chiefs. What can you say about this rematch uh, from Week 12? Yeah, I mean, that, that game uh, was, you know, that was one that was – we were, I think, down 17, and then we came storming back and uh, just couldn't get the ball back. Um, should be a great game. Should be a really good game. And uh, they're a hell of a football team, and they're super, super well coached by Andy and his whole, whole crew, Spags and everybody great players so it, it should be it should be fun you actually finished with a, a better uh, away record than you are than you had a, a home record uh, obviously the, the last three games on the road in the playoffs but just speak to uh 
you know, to any type of advantage you might have, uh, you know, playing the Super Bowl at Raymond James Stadium? I think the big advantage is, uh, you know, we stay in our own beds and sleep here and just do mm -hmm. our normal routines. Nothing's, nothing's out of the ordinary until we hit the media sessions next week. Uh, but everything else, just to be able to stay in your routine, sleep in your bed and all that stuff is, is it's, I think, is a huge advantage. Thank you, Bruce. Never been done before. I wonder we'll what the NFL is, what's the NFL going to do with all that money they saved? All right, Bruce, two months have gone by, so you can finally tell the story, Mr. Arians. What, what the heck did you do or say to this team when you were 7-5? and five, You just lost to the Chiefs. You're going into the last quarter of the season. You haven't lost since, Bruce. What the heck happened during that stuff. bye week? Um, just a little bit of, of looking in, inside and knowing this is a really good football team. We lost some close games to some really good teams. And um, we have to find a way to win. And it's going to take everybody. There's things that are going to happen. But, um, mm. you know, if everybody just digs a little bit deeper, um, we'll figure out ways to win games. And once we get going, we're going to be hard to stop. And, Bruce, uh, with Shaq Barrett and JPP playing uh, such prominent roles yesterday, uh, is that a coincidence that that was the day uh, Vita Vea came back to the lineup? Mm -mm. It helps. It helps to have Sue and Vita, and that's, that's for sure. But mm -hmm. uh, those guys uh, – you know, they allowed us to just play a little bit of, of deep zone stuff, and, and the front four was fantastic. They really got after him. You get pressure with four, you can beat anybody. We'll go to Sarah Walsh. Including Patrick Mahomes. Hey, Bruce, this is obviously um, a different Super Bowl for so many reasons, and I'm just curious because you have been there before. Um, if you're on the Chiefs side of things and you don't fly down early the way they're, they're doing it, you mentioned staying in your own bed, and, and they're going to do that more so than they would at a normal Super Bowl when you fly down the week before. How much of an advantage, or is it at all at this time of year, to have these two weeks in your climate and your temperature does that matter? Would you prefer, like, if you were on the other side of things, to be in your own bed, or, or, or is it an advantage for you guys that they don't come down until late? Yeah, I think I think it's, it really helps them. You know, normally when when you get to town at the Super Bowl, everybody's pulling and tugging. You try to get everything done the week before, and then when you hit town, you got all the media obligations and your practice and your game plans are all put in. Uh, I think it's a, it's a great advantage for them. It's just an away game. You know, they get they get to do their normal prep just like we do. Um, so I don't we nobody's going to get tied up in all that stuff. I guess on the on the flip side of that, though, um, you guys have your guys at home and I know they've done a good job this year of being careful. I mean, when you talk about like distractions, I mean, they're at home. So so you can't even really sequester them in, in that way. How much do you think about that and the distractions you have playing at home with family, friends? Yeah, I think our guys, our guys have done a great, great job uh, of being accountable to each other um, with COVID all year, and uh, we'll continue to do that. Um, talked about, you know, family and friends testing before they ever enter your home, and uh, make sure get everybody tested and uh, be very, very smart about it. They, they test them before they come. We'll home. Go back to Jenna Lane. That's interesting. Hey, Coach, um, you know, in covering you over the last two years, um, you know, there's a few things that stand out. You know, you're not afraid to be bold. You you have a lot of conviction to you and, um, you know, you, you stick by what you believe in. And, and you could see that when you went out and, and, you know, said at the combine that you wanted Tom Brady or, you know, when you made the decision to bring in Antonio Brown, when you challenge players to step up beyond just protests, um, you know, and to take action. And you saw that the changes that took place with the social justice committee. And so I'm just, you know, from kind of a personal standpoint, um, 
if you could just speak to the importance of, of having conviction and, and sticking true to your beliefs, staying true to your beliefs as a head coach. Yeah, I think that's, that's true just to be a person. Um, you know, I, I think what we're going through as a country um, and what we're going through with the virus um, and everything, you just, you just have to be committed. Um, and for me, it's easy. We have a cause. And when you get committed to a cause, and our cause is to put rings on our fingers, uh, you do everything you can um, to reach that goal. There's uh, Bruce Arians, B.A., who has been the architect of this team. And, um, you know, I, I hearken back to some conversations we had back in, um, in I think it was February or March, um, on the golf course. And this was a guy that was absolutely uh, convicted that he could get Tom Brady and, and knew that was uh, that was part of the plan. Um, and this is, you know, this is a, a guy that has – you know, been in this league for a long, long time and built up so many relationships and has such a great reputation around the league. And, you know, with Brady coming here, obviously it just, you know, and Gronk, they're they're such huge personalities. They're going to get most of the attention. But, you know, B.A., I think, deserves a lot of credit. And he took a lot of heat uh, earlier this year from the national media time and time again about, oh, he and Brady aren't getting along and, Oh, he's throwing Brady under the bus. Belichick never did that. And I say, you know, I say, I came on here and I said, look, he's just being honest. He's just being honest, and he has a good relationship with Brady that he can go out into the media and do that. Brady doesn't care. I mean, there was like, oh, Brady's not. I don't think he's going to like this. And Brady doesn't care. He he, does, he doesn't certainly doesn't want the wide receivers to be blamed for bad throws or reads that he's making. Um, it's all about honesty and trust, and and they have a great. Uh, relationship. He's he's a genuine guy, um, BA, and and I think that's what the players really really appreciate. All right, folks, it's been an epic show. Don't forget if you missed any of it, you can catch it on our podcast uh, at uh, fanstreamsports.com or download our app. Charles Davis from CBS Sports, uh, Shane Stafford, Jack Bourgeois from Blitzalytics, Barry Smith and Andrew Smith who went to the game at the Lambeau Field. A great father and son story. Check out that interview. Uh, Deb Daddy, you went to Lambeau as well. James Brown from CBS Sports, thanks so much for coming on. And Bruce Gradkowski as well. Star-studded guest list. We'll have it all week for you. Thanks to all our sponsors as well. Have a great night, everybody. One love.